Hey, y'all. So, me and Nikita always argued about editing. And it's no secret that I do about 80% of the work for Queer Walk. <laughs> and Nikita will be the first one to admit that. Um, This episode was supposed to drop uh, a while ago. And it was a really tough week for me. So, I called Nikita and I told her that... um. I was going through, I was just going through it. And if she wanted the episode to be on time, then she would have to edit it. And y'all know what she said? She said, it could be late. They could wait. (laughs) Just like a Capricorn. Um, Always seeing the big picture and never really planning the execution, the detail. Um, Good thing they always have us Virgos around to do that. In that conversation with Nikita, we talked about um, the podcast, obviously, but we also talked about love. We talked about how she was in love and like considering having a baby and like baby names and shit and how I was forever begrudgingly single, obviously her words, not mine and how friendships are love too. We talked about the care package I had just sent her the day before And how even though she teased me for being a coffee elitist, she loved bougie-ass coffee. (laughs) And she loved the bougie-ass coffee I sent her. Uh, We talked about uh, me moving back to the East Coast and how this has been such a long, hard year. And this has been the longest time we've been apart since we met each other. We trash other podcasts who, like, rush to giving these, like, first hot takes instead of making sure that our people have correct, um, good information. We made fun of our Hyundais or Hyundais, as I say, (laughs) because, of course, we both drive Hyundais. Like, of course we did. I yelled at her for going into work because we both knew she needed to take a day off, a day off of the rig. Um, Y'all know she used to work those insanely long hours and shifts, um, and she just really needed a break. She updated me on, like, BLM Syracuse organizing and shenanigans uh, and, you know, gossip in the organizing communities back in Syracuse. And I was asking her about thoughts um, on things that I could do to support houseless folks being targeted by Tacoma PD here. We told each other we loved each other. We always told each other we loved each other. And we meant that shit. She would say, bye-bye, dear, (laughs) before hanging up. And I would make fun of her for saying that. Because who the fuck (laughs) younger than 55 says, bye-bye, dear? I never thought that would be the last time that I got to talk to Nikita. I always imagined um, us growing, like, old and still teasing each other. I imagined us having these, like, Dorothy's Bornag, Blanche Devereaux adventures together. I thought we had so much more time. (laughs) And because I thought we had so much more time, I don't know how to say goodbye to her. And I don't know how to mourn like another half of me. 
anytime I think about the future, like trying to plan or move forward without Nikita being alive, I can't bear it. Like I literally can't do it. So I've just been staying in each moment, not saying goodbye to her, just breathing. You know, relationships are really odd things because people think they can put their hands or their wrap their minds around words like girlfriend or sister or daughter. Those feel like doable and tangible to people. But how do I begin to get people to understand or wrap their hands or their minds around a word for someone I chose to love politically, platonically, intimately, and intentionally. Because I call that friendship. But I think people have such flimsy and surface friendships that my love for Nikita and the pain I feel right now is like incomprehensible to people. I feel like the the only folks who understand are our shared people our shared community Nikita and I were and are complementary souls and in that way Nikita was a soulmate for me I will never be the same now that she's dead like never I wanted this episode to come out because I wanted it to come out the same day as her funeral services Because I knew I wouldn't be able to make it to the services. Not just logistically, but I just can't. I barely made it through her remembering we have for her in Syracuse. And I just know that that a funeral would be way too devastating for me to sit through. So, I'm releasing this episode as a farewell of my own to Nikita. I can't tell y'all right now what will become of Queer Walk if I'll continue it. Um, I I told y'all, I can't think about the future. Every time I do, it feels so impossible. Um, But what I do know is that um, this will be the last episode of the two of us black feminists uh, talking about wellness Her giving us a worker's word. An archive of our friendship. That we did together. I won't have that going forward. And so whatever Queer Walk becomes or doesn't become in the future. uh, It won't be this. Right? I won't won't have her. And I hope y'all understand that I need to take time to like sink into life without her before I figure out and reimagine Queer Walk. I, um, I did want y'all to know that I, I am trying to get everything transcribed to sort of turn Nikita's words into something, like into actual words, you know? But I'm just... So glad that I bullied her into being my co-host. <laughs> that that Queen and Jay also helped me um, convince her to be my co-host. 
and that we have this archive now of her humor, her brilliance, her leftist lesbian commentary. Uh, if you want to continue to support Queer Walk um, in any way, just know that all of your like funds and support are going to go to getting the episodes transcribed or being or I'm just going to redistribute it to queer folks who need it for the time being. I also wanted I wanted to sort of like add before getting into this episode that I just want to thank every one of you who has messaged me, who has liked a post, who has shared a post, who has um contributed to me or Mama Lisa, Nikita's mom, uh any of our other friends. I just I just really want to thank y'all for holding us up since May 6th because last minute travel is not cheap <laughs> and um you know now I'm doing like this really fast move back to Syracuse and Mama Lisa is good, you know, like she's she's surrounded. <laughs> um Nikita was her only baby, but she has so many more little <laughs> black, brown, <laughs> radical children lifting her up right now. And I just thank y'all so much for that. I don't know how I would have made it through these last few days without y'all. Without um, the Queer Walk community, my Syracuse fam, my two little sisters, and the Batty Brigade. I don't know how I would have made it without y'all. And thank you doesn't even begin to cover it because I lost my person and and I really couldn't I didn't I didn't I just didn't feel like I could keep going and y'all all like lifted me up and told me that I don't have to keep going on my own and I just truly truly can't thank y'all enough for just checking on me never leaving my side literally and figuratively for blowing my phone up for reminding me to drink water for hugging me in the middle of a pandemic like I really can't thank y'all enough uh I never thought I would have to do this. At least not right now. And so I just thank y'all so much for showing up for me the way y'all have. And showing up for Nikita's mom, Miss Lisa, the way y'all have. Um, Vani, Jaffe, Ernest, <laughs> Yanira, Minnie Bruce, Sequoia, Ben. Well, now two Bens. <laughs> uh, Keish. Fabiola, Bravo, Fran, Kamara, Diamond, Christian, Janicia, Queen, Sam, Lena and Stephanie, Rob, Akua, Philandi, Diedrich, Juju, Pam, Seth, Tavishi, Crystal, Reba, 
and anybody that I'm forgetting right now because I'm crying. <laughs> um, my sisters, Nunu and Shara, like, y'all have been a lifeline to me. And I just wanted to say y'all names and thank y'all. The outpouring for Nikita has been so beautiful. And y'all have really made me feel less alone. So, like, in the middle of, like, all of my grieving, I said that we owe Nikita a revolution. And I meant that. We owe her a way of doing this shit differently. That's what I mean. Like, we owe her a fundamentally different way of doing community. Of taking care of one another. And if you've learned anything from her about how to get free or how to take up space in leftist politics as a not white person, as a queer person, pass her words on to other people. She left them for us. I'm still trying to make sense of everything she left for me, but this is a tangible that she left. She taught, she was a teacher, she was brilliant. If you learned anything from Nikita, pass her words on. I really hope y'all enjoy this episode and please forgive me for not editing it as like polished as I usually do because I just wanted to keep everything, you know? Um, I just wanted to keep everything. So if it's not, it's probably going to be long as hell and it's, and if it's not the usual queer walk, listen that you get, I just hope y'all forgive me and give me space for that. I would love for y'all to wear a floral print for Nikita. (laughs) She loved floral prints. She thought she was the finest thing walking when she had on a floral print. Wear a floral print for her. Stop and smell the hydrangeas for her. (laughs) Read a Marxist feminist critique of something, of anything. (laughs) Support sharp and strategic organizing in your community for her. Play a Luther Vandross or Bruce Springsteen or Fleetwood Mac song for her. Watch The Watermelon Woman for her. Learn every word of Andre 3000's verse and throw some D's on it remix for her. The only rap verse she knows. (laughs) Buy an ethically made messenger bag and wear it to the club for her. Wear an ugly camo hat for her. No, please, y'all. Don't wear no ugly. Please, y'all. Don't wear no ugly camo hats. Maybe drink a bougie coffee and join a union. Form a union. Help me get through this without her, y'all. Yeah, so... I'm going to get in to this episode. Um, and I just, again, just want to thank y'all for being on this journey and for helping me try to make sense of this, like, really sudden, really random-ass loss of of my best friend. So, Nikita Alizé. Presente and Ashe. 
What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast, the insurgent bi-weekly audio syllabus. I am Money, um, the Moderna Malachite Mommy. Wow. Yeah. That's fully, good. That's a good fully one. Fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated. Um, Yo, fully. What does that mean? I didn't. There was no talk of vaccination when I got my vax. <laughs> you, there must be doing something different in the West. <laughs> you went to the wrong place. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of facility did you go to? <laughs> you know, they vaccinating out of everywhere now. They, vac- they vaccinating wow. out, the, out the back of the Starbucks, basically. It's basically. Like, <laughs> um, uh, nah, but. I, go ahead. No, nah, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, if I, yeah, that's good. I'm so glad that you're vaccinated, and uh, I highly encourage others to get vaccinated too. Exactly, it's that's really important. What I said Moderna, Malachi. You know, this is the way I showed myself unconditional self love. Is I got vaccinated, so yeah, that's right. <laughs> love, love for self, yes. love for community. It's just love. Yeah, it's just the it's the right mm-hmm. thing to do. And I also um, bought a ridiculously expensive piece of malachite and when it gets here y'all not gonna tell me shit about my rock collection okay i'm done um first of all i don't think um anybody could tell you anything about your rock collection because exactly it, i'm glad y'all know it's been um i think a phrase somebody might use to describe your rock collection is out of control Who would use another that for- another word people could use is robust there we go <laughs> <laughs> don't get busted in the head with a polychrome jasper all right <laughs> if you're gonna bust me in the head with any jasper you know i'd want it to be kambaba oh. jasper thank you <laughs> Um, who am I? Oh my god, I just sucked down this watermelon so quick right before we recorded. Y'all, so, I write on my Cheryl Dunne, I feel like I'm the watermelon woman, Nikita. The way Nikita was eating this watermelon should be <laughs> you, it's actually okay. anti black. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be the most black thing that it's just. I said to, I just said to money. I'm not religious, but there had to have been some kind of divine intervention in the making of watermelon. Because only the divine could create something so sweet, delicious, and juicy. Oh my God, I love watermelon. Sweet, delicious, mm. and juicy. That shit. I'm still talking about watermelon. <laughs> All right, let's drop the intro. Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your glow from a distance. Your vow to sight, my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light. I'm loving your soul. They hate you, replace you, take you, but know that you go. Worldwide from every continent. I just want you jig a little bit. Move them hips, feel that bliss. Hug your sister, make a fist. Don't resist your temptation. You're amazing, no limitation. My favorite in this matrix. We move by your vibration and that's love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love. You love. Alright, Nikita. 
So you want to tell folks where they can find us? And also thank y'all for finding us to hear this. Yes, that is so important. So people can find us on IG and on Twitter at QueerWalk, P-O-D, QueerWalk Pod. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash QueerWalk, P-O-D. You can find us on Tumblr, QueerWalk.com. And where can people listen? I thought you would never ask. You can listen to us on Pocket Cast, CastBox, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and other major places where one can listen to podcasts. Thank you. All right. So Nikita and I curate this space. Um, (laughs) Why are you making that face? Because you know I do this. You just take too long to do it. So... God, you know um, what? I don't like to be rushed. Let me take my time. Now we have to start over. There would be no so, podcast without you. No. Magic, stop it. No, stop. Come on now. But No, be- no, I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> no, stop. Damn it. So, like I like to normally say. Such a petty little urchin. That's correct. And this petty little urchin is going to be doing the introing of this part of the Where to Find a Segment. You ready? You ready to participate, play nice, work as a team? Just go ahead and put in your, your little Lilliputian contribution to the podcast. Okay? Why it's got to be Lilliputian? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so... Money Shout out I. to Miss Trunchbull. She had them burns, man. Miss P- Trunchbull is underappreciated as a Ms. villain. Miss Trunchbull was an authoritarian, <laughs> tyrannical monster. She was a queer, a masculine of center person who was misunderstood by the heteropatriarchy of that school, okay? <laughs> and so she was an awful authoritarian. Maybe Matilda was a, a queer phobic. Little white okay. feminist. Maybe that's what happened. Yeah. Oh yes, Matilda the liberal feminist. <laughs> and you know what and you know what there was the antidote to that was? The pokey? Is that what you believe? <laughs> Is that what you believe, money? Anyway, before I so rudely interrupted by money shenanigans, this fool and I happen to be the hosts of this insurgent bi weekly audio syllabus, but it takes um, a community, which is you all contributing to keep our community afloat. So, without introducing anything authoritarian or tyrannical, <laughs> Money, can you tell people the two ways that they can contribute to this community? <laughs> oh my god, I gotta put Get your together. shit together! <laughs> Get your shit together! <laughs> Sorry! I got the giggles. I don't know what's wrong with me. Okay, y'all can contribute to Queer Walk in one of two major ways, each of which are equally as impactful and significant. The first is by loving us out loud. If my laughter is contagious and it makes y'all smile, please let us know. By doing the R's, you can rate us on whatever platform you listen Review us, leave us stars, hearts, horseshoes, clovers and blue moons, pots of gold and rainbows and red balloons, all the things. You can request a topic. Submit that to 
queerwalkpod at gmail.com or just hit us up in the DMs. You can also reply. Use the hashtag queerwoc to talk all things the podcast on all the platforms. The second way you can contribute is by giving us the money to make sure that we can grow and, you know, promote our uh, posts when we post so that we could pay someone to help with the graphics. Uh, shout out to Sade. Shout and, out to Sade. Yeah. And just continue to bring y'all uh, insurgent bi-weekly audio content. Hopefully, we'll get to a place where we'll be insurgent and weekly. You can do that by hitting us one time on the Cash App, uh, dollar sign, Queer Walk Pod, P-O-D. Or becoming a sustainer over at the Patreon, which is a small monthly donation. We have some suggested donations, but of course you can give as much or as little a month as your pockets will allow at patreon.com slash queerwalkpod, P-O-D. And all the links and stuff are in the description of the episodes. What's next? Oh, okay. Bitch, I was thinking the same thing. All right, Nikita, we're going to move it on along to the Queer Walk, Queer Walk, Queer Walk of the Week. Of the Week. It's your fault. Why do you stop? Why do you stop after the first Queer Walk? Just go. Let's no, try it I again. No, I started. No, I don't want to do it again. Yes. No. All right, Nikita, let's move it on along to the Queer Walk, Queer Walk, Queer Walk of the Week. Of the Week. It's your fault. Not mine. You can make that face if you want to, but it doesn't change the fact that it's your fault. So, money, what is, in fact, the Queer Pock slash Queer Walk of the Week? The Queer Pock of the Week slash Queer Walk of the Week segment is not just the segment that Nikita routinely messes up the jingle for, but it's also the segment where we highlight and celebrate a queer person of color or a queer woman of color who's just doing something dope or that we believe y'all should know about. Um, and give them their flowers while they're still doing the damn thing. That's so. right. For this week's Queer Pop of the Week, we are going to highlight, amplify, and celebrate Lydia XZ Brown. That's right. So, um, this, I can't believe we haven't had Lydia be the Queer Pop of I, the Week before. I feel like I've been feeling like that the past three episodes. I'm, I can't believe we haven't done this person. I can't believe we haven't done this person. All right, so for uh, those um, who don't know, Lydia is um, an attorney, an organizer, advocate, writer, educator, strategist, basically all the all things. The things. <laughs> and uh, their work particularly focused on addressing state and interpersonal violence targeting uh, disabled people living at the intersections of race, class, gender, gender, sexuality, faith, language, and nation. And... The reason why I say I can't believe we haven't uh, highlighted Lydia before is because, God, money, how long ago was that? Oh, that had to, that was like in 2015. Almost, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 20, excuse me, we've talked about the student protest movement that we were a part of at uh, Syracuse University. So, that was called the General Body. And so, um, the it was like the beginning of that spring semester in January, we did this big teaching. And Lydia was one of the panelists. Yeah. And I just remember how sharp and how brilliant um, Lydia was on that panel. And you can learn all about um, Lydia and the variety of things that they do related to uh, disability justice, justice and liberation. Uh, folks, 
probably know their website, um, autistichoya.net. Um, so that was a blog. And I remember I used to follow um, their blog. And so they do a lot of writing um, around um, disability rights, disability justice. And uh, people should check out that blog. Again, autistichoya.com. Uh, but one post that I wanted to um, highlight was, I think, Unfortunately, like on the on the left, and then I think there's I think there's like a there's like a little bit of a change now because of you know uh, disabled comrades, but um, I think it's just kind of one of the areas that often gets like um, like not thought about or like left off, and mm-hmm. so I feel like obviously it's like a structural oppression, so it's not just about words and language, but like I think especially for me in the last few years and even now. Like, that's something I've, like, struggled with, like, like trying to get rid of, like, ableist language from my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So I bring all this up to say that I remember, like, coming across uh, one of Lydia's blog posts on, on Autistic Hoya a while ago talking about ableist language. So so uh, they updated this, uh, this page uh, at the beginning of this year, but the original um, page was created in 2012, just going on about... Um, ableist language. And so Lydia makes a point to say ableism, of course, is not just a list of bad words, but of course, language is one tool of an oppressive system. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that that was, that's like a really good sort of like glossary into understanding things that are um, terms and phrases that are ableist. So I think that now, um, so like in, like just for an example, there's a language of like, you know, turn a blind eye to something. And it's like, you never need to be using uh, people's disability as any kind of like a metaphor. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's other phrases that like I didn't um, like think about or know that I thought was really helpful about this. Like not referring to somebody as like wheelchair bound or like bound to um, a wheelchair. Um, so, like, there's, again, there's just, like, like, a whole... Wheelchair rider, wheelchair user. Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. So, yeah, wheelchair user, uh, someone's in a wheelchair, uh, began using a wheelchair, needs a wheelchair. Like, these are things, again, that I think that ableist, uh, excuse me, abled, uh, able-bodied or, you know, abled people don't really think about. Mm -hmm. So, I thought that that was, like, a really, really good, um, that has been, like, a, a resource that I've used and referred to. Um, and, and another good thing about this blog post is that it gives like, so instead of like ableist words or phrases, uh, Lydia gives a whole list of like words for us to use. Right. So, and I think that this list is great. So it's like, so, so for example, it's like, we know not to call things crazy because that's ableist. Right. But, um, they've got words like buck wild, callous. (laughs) Um, incomprehensible, nefarious, nasty, overwrought, rage-inducing, tyrannical, vomit-inducing, and it's like these I are just Nikita like, words. Is, these are exactly, <laughs> and I'm like, these are like, but like, not only are they great words, but um, you know, it's uh, words that you're, that's not like ableist, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought that, so that was also one of the things that I've encountered. Um, through um, Lydia and um, but like I said they do a whole range of stuff so uh, like I said that they are um, a lawyer so they're on a myriad of boards uh, like the American uh, Bar Association's Commission on Disability Rights 
Um, they, Lydia also founded the Fund for Community Reparations for Autistic People of Colors Interdependent Survival and Empowerment. Money, I think you were really like this. Uh, Is it an acronym? Oh. No, but Lydia's creating their own tarot decks. And the deck is going to be called Disability Justice Wisdom Tarot. Isn't that amazing? I didn't know this. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I have too many decks already, but I got to get this deck on You got to get that one. (laughs) And another critical thing that... And so I know that Lydia uh, does a lot of work uh, just around disability justice. Um, In particular, but uh, particularly a lot of stuff around um, folks with autism or autistic folks. um, Hence the title of their blog. And... I think at one point, uh, Lydia worked with the Autistic Self Advocacy Network. And I didn't know much about this organization. And I think that this is a really important organization to know about because, damn it, what's the name of that? There's that, it's like, I think there's that group. It's some like well known. Um, organ. Oh, Autism Speaks. Like that's oh, a very yeah. popular uh-huh. um, organization, and I, I I didn't know much about what they did, but a lot of autistic folks have a lot of serious qualms um, with uh, the organization uh, because of like how it treats and like talks about um, folks with autism. And so, as the name suggests, and like a lot of from what I understand is uh, the. The autism speaks is like a, it's a lot of parents who have kids yeah, with autism, so yeah. it's not like letting people. And it's like there's I don't know if they've changed, but like when I first heard about like a lot of the criticisms of autism speaks, there's also like people trying to find cures because they just talked about people with autism in really fucked up ways. Mm-hmm. So by contrast, the autistic self advocacy network is really about making sure so it's in it's in line with the principles of disability rights movement right so it means that um like basically in a decent world right uh autistic people would enjoy equal access rights and opportunities mm-hmm. and and again, a critical difference is that like they're working to empower autistic people across across the world to take control of their own lives, and like that's not the way that the autism speaks. Um, operate so I've I've i found out about this organization and even these broader problems with how autism is talked about um, because uh, because of the work of like folks like Lydia so I'll put a link to uh, ASAN Autistic Self Advocacy Network again I think Lydia was involved with that group at one point and then I also put a link to their website and their blog to find out so you can find out more about um, the different kinds of work that they do so again creating that tarot deck practicing lawyer and they also teach and they're an adjunct lecturer um, in disability studies at Georgetown University Um, I don't know if they're um, I feel like their Facebook posts are like a mixtape like whenever it drops, I, I like I, they're one of those people yeah. where I'm like, let let me see what I'm about to learn and let me see what brilliance is about to be yeah. dropped. So same, like, that's same another way Twitter. that I've interacted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because not on be so, on Facebook, but Twitter. So we'll yeah. be, we'll be sure to put a link to their handle, their Twitter handle, um, their uh, their websites um, in the. Um, in the show notes. So just shout out to Lydia um, yeah. and all the work that they've done. It's like, I know that I have like personally learned, um, learned a lot from them and, and been and learning so many from other them. People. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So just wanted to give them uh, some love and, and give them their roses. 
Yes. Thank you, Nikita. Um, mm-hmm. And thank you, Lydia, for all the work thank that you, you've Lydia. done. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and continue to do. Like I said, still doing it. So shout out to them. And yeah, all their links will be in the, the description Show to notes. this episode. Yeah. All righty. Community contributors. Insert uh, scissor. Uh, what's that thing called? <laughs> Scatting. Scat, yeah. I was listening to Scam Goddess, and they said that scissor sounds like a banjo. She sings like a banjo. <laughs> That's not nice. <laughs> but it's accurate. That is actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so. Wow. Huh. <laughs> Community contributors. I have been appreciating this little Gen Z uh, TikTok thing. And it's like, girls be like, scissor this, scissor that, scissor me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I bet you do. All right. And Community Contributors is a segment where we shout out y'all who make the podcast possible. So, our new patrons this episode, shout out to Christina. Thank you for joining the patron fam. Thank you, Christina. Jasmine came through and became a patron. And Sammy and Eva upped their pledges. So thank you, Dr. Sammy, and thank you, Eva, for upping them yes, pledges. Yes, yes. <laughs> Somebody changed their pledge from dollars to pounds. Did you see that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yo, this patron okay. talk English, Spanish, I'm about to say, okay, okay <laughs> international points. <laughs> Yo, these patrons talk euros, dollars, and yen. <laughs> Montanit, can you please move on? All right. What has gotten into you? (laughs) And over on the Cash App, of course, and Martinez. And Martinez. (laughs) Dead again. If you'd got somebody who's committed and consistent to you, like in Martinez, Lord have mercy. Hmm. Just loyal. Just down. In Martinez (laughs) is loyal. Yes. And our borders are fake shout out. Oh, we got some good ones. Yes. Listen, got some good ones on this round. South Carolina, number one. Inman. No, don't know what's Inman, happening. South Carolina. Yeah. Inman, South Carolina. It's a lot of black people in South Carolina, so that don't, supply, uh, that don't surprise me, actually. That's true. Because if you want to find the queer people of color, you got to find the people of color. People of color, so. that's right. Shout Oklahoma out to you, Inman. City, Oklahoma. I don't think... Shout o- out to o- OKC. Shout out to OKC. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they've ever been in our top 10. So, shout out to Oklahoma City and welcome to Queer Walk the Podcast. Yeah, this next one is... I'm excited about this one. Smolik, Poland. I don't know where the fuck Smolik is, but I'm excited. <laughs> you know what, Nikita? That we've got... After, after the pandemic... <laughs> we going to Smolik. We going to Smolik. Live we going to Smolik. Smolik. <laughs> Taking this shit on the road. First stop, Smolik. <laughs> People gonna be like, what? 
we would stick out like I don't I don't know anything about smoking, but I do have a hunch that we would stick out like sore thumbs. You know what? Just point me to the uh, the communist history because uh, you know Poland Poland has some good uh, had a good little communist run. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where where my communist tour guy at? We we'd hit up Smolik. That's probably how they, you know, they crossed over with us. Some of the communist content you've curated. I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) All right. So thank y'all so much for listening. And it doesn't matter where you listen. It just matters that you listen. That you listen. No matter where you are. Whether, you know, you're in Smolik, Inman, OKC, Jupiter, Pluto, the Milky Way. (laughs) The, Vermont, uh, the army apparently. No, well, you know, <laughs> we have we all have that. all criticism of of imperialism still stand. But if you want to listen, <laughs> and you in the army, maybe maybe Queer Rock would be that one small thing that will push you to drop that gun and stop serving the imperialist pig state of the U.S. But until then, keep listening to Queer Rock. <laughs> I imagine somebody uh, working in the mailroom. In the army and just listening to this out loud so everybody know they not renewing. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm only here for the pay off the student loans, okay? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, y'all. Move it on along, Nikita. Sorry, it's never mind. Oh. It's the rain in the background. All right, what you drinking? Cafe du Mou? Actually, no. You just drinking city tap, ain't you? No, I'm drinking kombucha. Oh, kombucha. That I brewed myself. Of course you did, you old earthy dyke. (laughs) Anyway, we moving right along to the crown jewel, the centerpiece, the centerfold of this here Insurgent Biweekly Audio Syllabus. And what is it? That is none other than the mental moment with money you already know who money is so what is the mental moment so money is our you yes credentialed credentialed (laughs) licensed mental health professional and this is where she gives us some kind of tidbit or insight into helping us have better mental wellness mental health so without further ado what tip you got for us this week money well, um, y'all, I ain't got it this week, so I... And that's okay. You ain't got to always have it. Oof. That's why we're a team. I've been struggling, y'all. Um, it's been so real that yesterday I had a whole meltdown because um, I, I, I just wanted to watch Snapped. I was like, I think Snapped will put me in a better mood. That's uh, crazy. As, <laughs> as wild as that sounds. I know, I know, but... Oh, just a little light murder. (laughs) (laughs) But it's different, it's different. It's like women in crime. Because the women are killing. (laughs) It's feminist killing. (laughs) I mean, it kind of is. I told you about that episode I was watching. Um, oh, with the Confederate wearing, yeah, wearing. I think that yeah, woman he... actually did a service to the movement by taking his ass out, <laughs> uh, saluting our troops. <laughs> but I just, <laughs> I just, I just, I couldn't find it because I don't know streaming services, finicky, whatever. And so I ended up buying a season of Snapped on. Wow, you did not tell me that <laughs> that you bought. Oh, that is, you were in a bad way. I'm telling you, I just been, 
I cannot believe you bought a season of Snatch. It was the that only is, thing I wanted to see. That is a serious cry for help. That you paid good, your hard-earned money. I did. For a snap season. Yeah. But at least every season has like 26 episodes. So. Okay. So you, oh, so you, it was, you got, uh, you got the bang for your buck, as one might say. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's where, mentally I'm there. So, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just been, it's just sure. been rough, y'all. I, I feel like that's going to be the new metric. It's like, girl, how bad are you feeling? It's like, stay in bed and eat ice cream for a week or buy a season of snack bag. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the new. <laughs> uh, I just, I don't know. It's just been a lot. It's just been a yeah. lot, you know? And um, the last time we recorded, I was like thinking a lot about Micaiah uh, Bryan. Bryan, then- Absolutely. Uh, you know, this time I'm just thinking about uh, SB10 in Alabama where they're trying to block uh, trans folks under the age of 19. So really trans babies from getting health care from therapists, doctors, uh, teachers, whomever, really like um, nurses in schools. Uh, they just really don't want trans kids to have uh, affirming, affirming health care. Uh, and then, yeah, just. The other day, hearing about Iris Santos in Texas, and um, I don't know about that. What happened? Uh, so uh, Iris Santos Ashe was a trans woman of color who was murdered in Texas, and oh my lord! Um, and yeah, so Texas is the uh, the most dangerous place for our trans siblings to be at this point in time and so Jeez. i just want to send a lot of love to all the trans folks in texas and yeah. trans folks all over this country because um it's it's rough i 33 states have introduced bills uh attacking health care and i'm like we in the middle of a whole there is an airborne deadly virus that has not taken any days off for the last year but 33 states think it's more important to stop trans kids from being able to get on hormone blockers than it is to do any fucking thing about the rest of healthcare and I don't know I mean I haven't looked into the specifics of this but how I do know that the right works is that there are what the right has been fun like particularly good at is like there are these like th- these right leaning conservative think tanks. They draw up bills, yep. and this is yep. what they do. And yep. like, and so and so, I, I bet. Like, I don't know for sure, but I bet if you look at the language, it's all probably it's all, the same. It's all probably carbon copy. Yeah, and it can be traced back to some whatever. Yeah, um, conservative think tank because mm-hmm. that, that's that's exactly how they roll. Yeah, because I think it was in Austin. I think it was like S. SB 16 or something and it's like verbatim the same same language in Alabama you know and um yeah so all of that has me spinning and then on top of that all the stuff with work or whatever so yeah I just watch it's just like your regular life stuff yeah yeah I just watch snapped and (laughs) and you paid for (laughs) put myself in a good mood so 
Um, uh, listeners, so if you are alarmed about money, I I think that this is a good time for you to send us something uh, personal uh, to our uh, email address, queerwalkpod at gmail Tell money that you love her, Nikita. And maybe if you want to, and maybe if you want to give a donation, maybe you can help money recoup those expenses for paying for not just paying for that season of Snap, but maybe you want money to be able to buy more Snapped. <laughs> so drop I can't explain it y'all but I all I wanted yesterday was snapped and I could not stream it anywhere cuz I don't have like a dish network login or nothing yeah. and all I wanted was snapped so I was just crying and I was like fuck it where's the capital one and I just put it Oh, money. All right. So, as y'all can tell, I have been in a very melancholic mood. <clears throat> so, <laughs> so my mental moment this episode a is... A melancholic been- murder mood. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I'm going to, like, borrow, uh, like, the, the vibe of the put it in your bag segment from our homies, Lena and Stephanie, over at Bag Ladies Podcast. And I'm going to tell y'all the five albums that have pulled me out of melancholy over the last two weeks. So, these, uh, these albums have, like, changed my mood up and really helped me get through really hard days. So the first album I want to tell y'all about is Seasons by Mother Nature. Um, I feel like this is a running theme now, but you know, when you make dope music, you just make dope music. So right. uh, Truth and Clever dropped a new album, uh, Seasons, S-Z-N-S. And I just fucking love it. Oh my God. It's so good. And... There was one day that I just played it on repeat the entire day. I didn't do nothing. I didn't listen to anything else. I just played Seasons because it just takes you through every mood as a black queer girl. <laughs> and I'm oh my like, God. Yes, love it. Um, uh, there's this uh, line that uh, Truth says in one of the songs. She's like, Stepping out the portal, I'm a mortal. You can't tell me shit. For my own demons, keep a blicky in my mothership. And I just like that's 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 I, a line right I there. I know. I'm like, you're right. I do fight my own demons. Oh my god, <laughs> you're so ridiculous. Yeah. So y'all check out Seasons by Mother Nature. They have like love songs. They have uh, like bops you can ride around playing your car. They have. Songs you could throw your ass to. They have songs you can meditate to. Seasons by Mother Nature. The second album that has helped with my mood is Illustrations by Jalen Josie. Oh, I love that name. Jalen Josie. I know, right? Um, yeah, I just I just love it's like such a, a summertime celebration of being a black girl vibe on illustrations. So if you I'm not familiar with Jalen Josie. I encourage you to, first of all, follow her on Instagram because she's a baddie. And second of all, check out illustrations. Uh, you know, I love I love this new um, trend of, like, having your grandma and your mama do in- interludes or intros I for songs. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she got that on there. And she can sing her ass off. So, um, it's very, I, yeah, she's like a... 
Well, I won't make no comparisons because I don't want nobody's fan base coming after me. But Oh, uh, do it. Do it. Come on now. I feel do- like I feel like her voice reminds me of like uh young Beyonce. Okay. And I, I'm gonna listen. Yeah. And I yeah, I just love her songs. They're very relatable and they feel like a celebration of, of black girlhood. So That's what we need. Illustrations by Jalen Josie. Alright. This second album that has helped with my mood is Black Pumas and it's self-titled. So the group is Black Pumas. The album is Black Pumas. And for all of y'all who knew about Black Pumas and didn't tell me, y'all fake. Because what a fucking vibe. Like, whoa. That the first song I ever heard by Black Pumas was Black Moon Rising. And I played it on repeat like eight times. It is such a mood. It's just, it's like, I could clean my house to this. I could, you know, sing it with all my heart at the tip of my lungs, lonely in the car. It's like, you can do so much. That's your favorite kind of song. It is. It is, actually. Um, But, yeah, they just are, they just have this whole instrumental like huge sound and it's only two of them. Um and they they did a cover of Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. Tracy Chapman. Yes. Ooh. You I'm about to say that's my era. I'm intrigued now. <laughs> exactly. So if you want to check out uh, our generation's <laughs> rendition of Fast Car, Nikita got her middle finger up. But um I really love their sound and of course, you know, I had to go get the colored vinyl because I just can't wait to hear it on my vinyl player, my record player, um, if it sounds that good digitally. So, Black Pumas is my third suggestion. Okay, my fourth suggestion is also a group. Y'all know I love a group. Uh, And the group is Low Village. And I found out about them because uh, their song, Lil Mama, was featured on... One episode of Insecure. I think it was the uh, Block Party episode, which in my opinion was the best episode. But, like, uh, that song was such a bop that I had to look them up. Because it's like, I see you, little mama. Hey, it's not a problem. The way you throw that ass, yeah. So, it was a bop. So, I was like, let me look up this, uh, this group. And the group is Low Village. And I love them, y'all. They really remind me of, like, the Fugees. They have um, their lead singer, Ama, is like this beautiful, dark-skinned black girl who has like this really ethereal voice. You know, she sounds like... Oh, I love an ethereal voice. Right. Like, if Solange was from L.A., that's how her voice... (laughs) You in these descriptions. (laughs) You should be a music reviewer. Oh, my God. That would be a perfect career change for me. Like, you just have such... I just love how you describe music. Really? Like, I'm not bullshitting you. Alright, y'all don't catch me out here reviewing music now. Don't hype me up too much, Nikita. Because you know I'll be ready to quit my job every day. Every every hour (laughs) of every day. (laughs) But, yeah. So, Low Village. um, There's two rappers and the singer. And they're just amazing and so they they dropped a newest project called lost in america um i would suggest that one as well exactly exactly it's like it's like 
movement music, but it doesn't feel forced. You know what I mean? Yeah, there you go. There you go. You know, you know how some people make a song for the movement, and you could tell because they like, feel like you just did this because you felt like yep. it was the yeah. Yep. This is this is my Black Lives Matter song. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, th- their music does not sound like th- sound or feel like that at all. It's like they are a product of a generation who has grown up, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like like politicized by Trayvon and beyond. Right. So. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so Lost in America is the newest joint, but the one that I actually wanted to put for the mental moment today is For the Birds. And because I'm a whole ass bird. Tweet, 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 tweet. (laughs) Exactly. And it's very similar in vibe. It's still, um, you know, millennial movement music. Um, but a lot of it has that little beat under it that you could throw your ass to. So, oh God, I wish I had a fat ass to throw. Oh, some people win, some people don't. You don't have to be fat for you to throw it. I could barely toss the ass, let alone throw it. <laughs> okay, Nikita. <laughs> so y'all check out Low Village. Um, Lost in America is the new joint, but For the Birds is my suggestion. And last but not least, new Monica. <laughs> I promise y'all it's not Monica. I mean, I love Monica, but <laughs> I don't know why. You Monica, Monica is kind of like snapped music. I think Monica would be a good uh, soundtrack to snap. Devoted so much time. <laughs> So Gone should someone should petition to have So Gone be the theme song for Snap. So Gone forever. Kick down your door and smack your dick. Just to show you Monica's not having it. And neither are you bang bang. If they changed the Snap sound uh, theme song to So Gone, the ratings would just go through the roof. <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay. My last actual suggestion. I'm so sorry. That's so ridiculous. (laughs) I want to shout out Sequoia for putting me on the beautiful chorus. I think, um, I think some, you know, practitioner of healing put her on to beautiful chorus. So, um, beautiful chorus makes, how do I put this? Um, melanated meditation music. There we go. So, <laughs> um, you know, it, so it reminds me actually of like um, the Shine app where a lot of this like meditation, mantra, whatever, um, music or or uh, people chanting that you hear is often like not in our sounding voices. Right. It's very like. Yeah. Yeah. Code switchy voice or. Yep. A white person doing it. Um, But Beautiful Chorus are women of color. They sound like they there's no code switching. You know, they're like, it sounds like they're talking to us. And that's the kind of music they do. It's really good meditation music. A lot of it is like affirmation music. Um, Yeah, so the the album that I'm suggesting by Beautiful Chorus is part one, The Entrance. It's really good wake up music. Um, shout out to Mary. They sent me uh, one of these songs off of part one. The entrance is called Hey Queen. And it's a really good song to wake up to. 
It just makes you feel like you, it just makes you feel like you just sprayed yourself with rose water and you're going to wake up and love on all things that are you that day. So that music has really helped get me up on some days where I have not wanted to get up. So shout out to Beautiful Chorus for making that kind of music for us. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. I have just like completely and utterly stopped listening to music because I'm like, I don't know what's new when I'm I saw your tweet about the babies. Yeah. Because apparently, (laughs) for those who don't know, and not to be uh, sunk into utter confusion the way that I was, there is a Lil Baby and a Da Baby. Not to be confused. Yeah. They're not the same. So where were you when Baby on Baby happened? I don't even know. So whenever I'm not bullshitting you, whenever you talk about culture, I feel like you just throw words together. <laughs> and I don't even like I don't even know what kind of event baby on baby could be. <laughs> Is it an album? Yeah, Was it oh, an Instagram Nikita. live? Was oh, it a Nikita. video? Was they it something have... on Prime? Okay, so little baby is not the one you are familiar with. Da Baby yeah, I know is Duh the Baby, one. Yeah. I like yeah. the Baby. Uh, yeah. We want to root for him, but he just keeps fucking up. He keeps doing... Uh, yeah, he's yeah. got some... Ugh, okay. But Lil Baby is the one that's on quality control with, like, the city girls. And so he sounds like all the new rappers. Okay. And kind of looks like all the new rappers, too. <laughs> but... Yeah, the baby is the one with the more unique sound. Megan Thee Stallion, yeah. Yeah, thirst, yeah, yeah. thirsting under Lizzo's pictures. That's the baby. Thank you. I say this to say that I've been in a music rut, so I'm excited to listen and check out these albums. Yes, I um I feel like I'm never in a music rut. Yeah. I'm always listening to something new, and so I just yeah I like to share with y'all the things that resonate and like hit with me because i do listen to some new stuff that i'm like maybe i'm not the target audience anymore for new music you know maybe i'm getting old but yes these five are my suggestions so seasons by mother nature illustrations by Jalen josie black pumas self-titled uh for the birds or lost in america by low village really just listen to low village and last but not least uh, part one, The Entrance by Beautiful Chorus. I feel like these continue to be um, trying times. So I feel like a lot of us are probably in and out of some kind of melancholy. So I yes. think all of us could use some kind of pick-me-ups here and there. Yes. And everywhere in between. So thank you, Money. Even if it's just three minutes and 35 seconds of a Mother Nature song, you deserve to be happy. Yeah. And now our leftist luminary labor lecture from our worker wordsmith wizard Nikita. Ding 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 ding. The word segment is the segment where Nikita puts us on to some social justice goings on, um, you know, debunks and demystifies some social justice jargon 
Or she just tells us the radical roots of something or something that we need to know as queer folks of color who are trying to get free. So, without further ado, take it away, Nikita. All so, right. As soon as you put down the watermelon. You know what? There's um, the weekly, bi-weekly wordsmith wizard is entitled to watermelon. Okay. okay. You hear me? You hear okay. me? You understand that? All right. So. What you talking about today? Um, I feel like this is something that comes up kind of like every now and then. But a few weeks back, I saw there's some uh, black woman running for some kind of school position in Chicago. I mean, she's a hot mess. She's kind of all over the place politically. So she's got some stuff around, like, I don't remember her name for the life of me, but she's got some stuff around, like, diversity, blah, 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 and, like, sounds kind of, like, typical, like, liberal stuff. But then she went in some interview where she was talking about, she said that, that ridiculous thing that people say that, like, black kids aren't achieving because black kids see think achieving is acting white. And so I feel like this is a thing that I've been wanting to like reference, talk about for a while. This whole mm-hmm. idea around black black children associating acting white with quote-unquote academic achievement or success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a really good article. Uh, it's from a long time ago, actually. Maybe like <coughs> 2013 in The Root by this is a, a researcher, academic... A black man, his name is Ivory Tolson, and he just looked at some, like, um, some, like, long-term data uh, that really, and he just, like, blows to bits this idea that black kids associate, you know, like, doing well in school with, quote-unquote, acting white. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I'll put that article... And there's an article from more recently, 2017, from Vox that kind of go up, uh, that talk about this. So I'm going to put that to, um, put that, link that in the show notes. So Mm -hmm. the idea around acting white comes from the, there's uh, an ethnographic researcher, uh, John Ogbu. And I think it was John Ogbu. That's who they referenced in both of these articles. But I remember it was John Ogbu and Significant. Signithia Fordham. Those are the two academics who kind of like started this in the 80s. And we've all heard it, right? And the, something that really gets on my nerves, and I think the way I see it the most on social media, is that there's there's always some adult black person crying mm-hmm. about how they were teased mm-hmm. about because they were I, 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 I spoke proper English and that's why people mm-hmm. said I acted white. Mm-hmm. I just, I have no fucking patience for that. And it's like, y'all hear the way I sound. So it's like, I was I was teased for, like, talking white uh, growing up. And then once I began to think even remotely critical about the world, I understood what it was that my peers were trying to say about me. And it had nothing to do about anything related to success in school. But I'll come back to that later. Yes, because so, I would like for you to elaborate. Yeah, I will. So, um... Because there was, like, a, a support group started at, like, the beginning of the pandemic for, like, people who were teased for talking white. 
<laughs> I'm okay. Go ahead. Money, you being shady right now. <laughs> I'm not being shady. You, yes, you are. No, I'm yes, not. You are. Yeah, you know you are. Which I, is why you can't I have seen it. Facebook. I have seen it, girl. And you have seen it. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was somebody put up a post about it. it had hundreds of comments and like. <laughs> Cause they were like, still anybody that what it was it. This is so fucked up. We shouldn't even. We're not gonna say this person's name, but I don't. I don't. Even I don't even remember. remember who it was. Yeah, yeah. Because so many people I knew were on the post that I just. They were like, because like, someone was like thinking about starting a support group for people who were teased. For, and I thought it was like a, a tongue in cheek. Um, no status, so but people were serious about the trauma of being. I just. Again, I feel like I have a right to trash these kind of people because I'm like, I was teased for that, and I got the fuck over it so quick. Mm-hmm. Like it is not, it has not hindered anything in my adult life. Actually, more like on the contrary. Again, so um, okay, so again, this is from a while ago, but uh, so Ivory Tolson looked at the data from a CBS News monthly poll, and so I interviewed over a thousand high school students on how they thought about being "quote unquote" smart, and of course that's a loaded term, and what they thought about. So it was a, it, it it asked students questions about how they felt about um, being you know being uh, perceived or understood to be smart, and what their opinions about. Student, other students who were considered to be smart, like what their what their opinion on those students were, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like five different questions that they ask, right? So it's like um, thinking about the no, there's one question. So it's like thinking about the kids who get good grades in your school. Which one of the which one of these uh, words best describes how you see them? One cool, two normal, three weird, four boring, five admired, and so. Um, 17% of, of black boys uh, considered that, you know, that trait about kids getting good grades in school that they were considered to be um, cool and, um, oh, no, no, no. Okay, so most, so black black boys, black girls, white boys, and white girls pretty much answered that the same. I, I don't remember what the percentage was, but it was like pretty similar um, mm-hmm. across the board. Uh, no, uh, my bad. Actually, black boys were the most likely to consider that person who made good grades in school to be cool at seventeen percent. So most most students do not think that did not just say that they would describe that person as cool, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, here's another question that I thought was really interesting. Um, in general, if you did really well in school, is that something you would be proud of and tell all your friends about or something you would be embarrassed about and keep to yourself? So overwhelmingly, most students, regardless of race and gender, 89% of students said that they would be proud, right? Mm-hmm. And listen to this. At 95%, black girls were the most likely to be proud of doing well. Not just doing well in school, but feeling compelled to tell, tell your peers tell about people. it. people, yeah. Right? And uh, and on the flip side, with 17%, uh, white boys were the most likely to c- consider it to be embarrassed or keep to themselves or that they didn't know how they would feel about that, right? Um, and for black boys, 10% would be embarrassed 
and then 4% for black girls would be embarrassed. So again, overwhelmingly, most students were, were proud of all races, well, of white, between white and black, and of regardless of gender, 89% would be proud that they made good grades and would tell mm-hmm. their friends, and black girls were the most likely... Um, to be proud and the least likely to feel embarrassed about it, but white boys were the most likely to be embarrassed or keep it to themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And another question was, in general, how would you friends? How would your friends react if you couldn't hang out because you were doing homework or studying for school? Would they be one supportive of you, two make fun of you and try to disrupt you, three they wouldn't care one or three they wouldn't care one way or the other? At forty five percent. Black girls were the most likely to say that their friends would be supportive. And black girls and white girls, black boys and white girls were tied at 40%. And but white boys were significantly lower. Only 24% of white males said that their friends would be supportive. Mm. So it's mm. like black, so black, um, black girls and black boys are pretty close in terms of percentages, right? At 40%. About their not again, their friends not just saying they wouldn't care, but their friends would actively be supportive, supportive. if they couldn't hang out yeah. because they wanted to do homework or study. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then there's all this stuff about um, college, but I don't want to get it, I don't want to get into that. There's another, I think there's a really interesting point here about, um, I think he references it in this article. So, Um, so he goes into like, who's based on like GPAs and like grades, which students are considered popular, Mm -hmm. right? Or like, who are to be viewed as like popular. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so, so again, Ivory Tolson did this study and so he interviewed students, black students who had 3.5 GPA, students who have 4.0s. And those with like two, 2.5 GPAs. And the students who uh, were the least popular were the students who had low, the lowest GPA, which is 2.5. Mm-hmm. So students with 3.0s and 3.5s um, were considered to be the most popular. Now, it was the students now who, made, who had 4.0s also paid a social price, right? They didn't. Um, they were um, they weren't some of the like the most popular students, right? But when you look at the rest of the statistical data, there's what they call. Um, so Ivory Tolson says he uses this phrase called phrase called a nerd bend, and the nerd bend is where um, um, so students of all races. Um, so like high achieving students are pretty popular, but the highest achieving students amongst all races, uh, tend to get bullied. Mm -hmm. So like, no matter if you're, you're, um, black, white, or any other race, if you like, if you're particularly like extremely high achieving, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. but like 4.0, but I feel like Mm 3.5, like, so he says that the students who have, who are really high who are high achievers, not the highest achievers, tend to experience the most social rewards in, like, a school system. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, yeah, so he says, typically high-achieving students, the highest-achieving students 
regardless of race, are to some degree stigmatized as nerds or geeks. Mm -hmm. School structures, rather than culture, may explain may help explain when the stigma becomes racialized, producing a burden of acting white for black adolescents, and when it becomes class-based, producing a burden of acting high and mighty for low-income whites. Right. So, like, this phenomenon, like, is, again, it's it's reserved for the most high-achieving, regardless of race. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that it's going to have, like, these, like, racializing, like, class implications. But there is no broad sense that, like, as soon as, like, you start making good grades and black kids are like, oh, you acting white. Yes, yeah. Like, the, and mm-hmm. in fact, again, according to Ivory Tolson's um, studies and, like, his, like, analysis of the data, his his data demonstrates something different. Mm-hmm. Like, like not, and again, the thing that I think is most interesting about these, these stats is black kids are, the, seem to be the most supportive of their mm-hmm. peers mm-hmm. trying to Achieving. do well yeah. in school. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so for folks who don't know, there's a really sharp writer. His name is Jamel Bowie. So he says he was a nerdy black kid and he was accused of acting white on a fairly regular basis. And so he says, I feel confident saying that the charge of acting white had everything to do with cultural capital. Thank you. And little to do with academics. If you dress like other black kids, has the same interests as other black kids, and lived in the same neighborhoods as other black kids, then you were accepted into the tribe. If you didn't, you weren't. In my experience, the acting white charge was reserved for black kids, academically successful or otherwise, who didn't fit in with the main crowd. In Mm -hmm. other words, this wasn't some unique black pathology against academic achievement. It was your standard bullying and exclusion with the racial tinge. And I don't even... And so, yeah, and it feels like exclusion and bullying because to some degree all right i'll concede that's what it feels like but i think in my in my experience i feel like it's more about culture i think it's about culture and i do feel like it's about race and it's about class because i think that there is some recognition especially amongst like working class and poor black folks or Mm -hmm. black folks um who are for lack of a better phrase like just like culturally black Mm -hmm. who know that like if you talk and act in certain ways in society then you reap benefits exactly and that's what the whole thing is about so i remember my friend in undergrad she was from from southeast dallas was you know hood as shit sharp as sharper than a motherfucker and she used to be like Nikita, you talk white. And it's like, you know what? I do, right? Mm-hmm. And th- that has everything to do with, like, how I was raised, mm-hmm. the, the strategic decisions my mama made about where I went to school and all that. Mm-hmm. At no point was my friend trying to be like, because, and, and I'm not going to say her name on the show, but she took her studies fucking seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, was, it wasn't like, oh, you think. Oh, it's, you're high performing. It was like, no. And when, right. when people say this stuff about talking and acting white, they are talking. And this is the thing that gets on my nerves. People say that. But when you know when you pick up a phone exactly. and you're exactly. talking to the other person. And here's the thing. You even know the difference between a white, a black person code switching and an and actual, actual white, white person. person. Yes. And so I don't like when people play these ball headed ass games yeah. that you don't know. Mm-hmm. That we pretend like we don't know what people are talking about yeah. and picking up on. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. The, and, and people can hear it in our show. You sound like a black girl born who was born and raised in Queens. 
That's what and I that just means thinking. something yeah. in society. It does, and, right? And I talk the way that I talk, mm-hmm. and that means something in our society. And yeah. both both of us yeah. have been in school and blah blah blah. And I'm you are a, girl. a rage. And not only do you talk like a black girl and act like a black girl, but you are also, you know, I say this with love, a raging nerd. Okay, okay, okay. All right, bitch. Oh, well, uh, actually, I was thinking. You know, I was just thinking about this as you were talking because I definitely think that I was in the highest achiever highest? Yeah. group. And you were in what groups were you in for fun money? Muafa Theta, shout out to the math team, the math leads, yes. Okay, I mean that's like I was a nerd, but I was actually I was I had a brief stint in the math club and even I was like, this is too nerdy even for me and I left. <laughs> Um, but I was thinking, like, I was never bullied for, like, like acting trying to be white, white or acting white. Yeah. Right. And I remember my mama used to make us do the spelling bee every year, me and my sisters. And I was in a spelling bee once. And they counted me wrong on a word that I spelled right because I said aura instead of R. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I forget the word, but I will always what? remember. There is no clearer indication of my point than that. Right yeah, there. yeah. Right and there. so, and I, I mean, I remember this boy named Antoine. I grew up with. He went off right because he was like, "She got that fucking word. She got that fucking word." But they they counted Thank it you. wrong because I said aura. I was like aura, aura, whatever the word was, you know. And like, yeah. And they were like, "No, it, it's it's spelled R." Are. And I had black teachers, you know, like these were these yeah, were like black exactly, teachers, and so exactly, yeah, yeah, did not take that trophy home that year. But this is, yeah, this is getting to your point, right? That there are there are these institutional and cultural currency that comes along with speaking a certain way. Thank no you, matter, thank you. no matter how smart you are, right? Like that, there's this polished tone. Exactly. To, yeah. To and it, it means something. And it and, means and that, something. And I feel like, and of course, as a young person, you may have the language to be like, I resent the fact that you are, you know, be, being able to move up the social ladder. So exactly. Like, Motherfucker, you talk white. You talk white. white. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And which is why, and of course, as a young person, I used to be like, oh my God, I hurt my feelings. But then I grew up and I'm like, oh, I understand. Like, again, I understand what it is that my peers are responding mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I have no fucking patience for adults who keep talking about this. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and the reason why I can't stand it is because it is such, to quote uh, Maya's mama, because black people who are accused, who are teased for acting white, talk about this shit in the most classist and egregious ways possible. Absolutely. When they say, that's when they say shit like, speaking proper English is not a sign. And I'm exactly. like, Exactly. I'm like, but it, but it kind of is. Like, it does. Like, yeah. it is associated with that. And it's like, and this is why we understand. And there's been all that research that's been done about Black vernacular English. Exactly. That's what like, I was just cause thinking. Because like, because we're not gonna tear down the way. Yeah. You know we, you know we be such and such the habitual be like there. There's a rhyme and a reason to that. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to denigrate these other parts. Ooh, of like black called? cultural the life, bee? the habitual be. It's like because like you be doing such and such. It means yeah. that you are always regularly like it's a habituated action. So it's oh like my the god! Bee. See why you be putting me on to stuff like this? You see, <laughs> I took I took this uh, class in school in undergrad, 
it was about I can't. We read this book called Spoken Soul, and it just broke down. Like Spoken it's so soul. funny. It's about Black English. I fucking love that book. Okay. It was so because it was like all this shit that you that you know that that you don't like you don't think about it because it, I think it was so it was by Rickford and Rickford. They're uh, a father and son wrote the book, mm-hmm. and they just talk about like the. Like, because the, there are rules, which is why white people get, yep. which is how you know there's a white person who's trying to mimic a black person. Because yep. it's like, what it is, is they're not following the, the rules, rules of, AV, exactly. of AAVE. And exactly. it sounds ridiculous. Yep. Yep. You know? This so, is just like, making me think so much about language and how. Because that, that's those, what it's, yes. that's what it's about. It's about. So when people say that it's about tone of voice. It's tone. It's about tenor. Yeah. It's about culture. It's like there's all this other stuff that yep. has nothing to do with yes. achievement. And, yeah. I, and, and, it's, and it is such a it's such white nonsense to even pair the two together. It is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can't mm-hmm. stand that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, it just makes me think of like all those people who are like, I was teased for talking white. It's like there's no acknowledgement that like the way black folks talk in different regions of this country is a it is a language. Like, and you're not yeah. speaking in accordance that to language. The, yeah, and not only are you speaking it, not speaking it, but they face real penalties. Yeah, that that to me is the takeaway. And it's like all the and it's like all these motherfuckers, myself included, who talk that way are are doing fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like you've got some. It's you know people just envy me for my success, and it's like. And it's like, if you talk that way, then there's probably all these, like, resources and things yep. that you probably had some kind of access to mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. people in your life. Because I know, like, I, and it's so funny because my mom, like, like, like sometimes my mom code switches, but she also, I mean, she just sounds like a black woman. Mm-hmm. But she, but she also made, like, particular kind of decisions about my education because she was like, like, there's, there's certain things that I want for you and I, like, and she like structured my life in such a way mm-hmm. to have access to the to like particular kinds of schools, mm-hmm. right? And it like that set me up on a path to X Y, like to all these different things in my life, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, so all the people who were crying about talking white, I'm like, again, yep. I'm sure you had access. I'm not saying you like the world was open to you and you didn't face all these other systematic yep. exclusions and oppressions and exploitation, but I am saying. All, like I bet comparatively, your your access to things like is just going to be right, different, right? And dare I say better mm-hmm. than you know, you know, somebody somebody who just sounds like and just talks just yeah. full out black, yeah, yeah. Somebody exactly. who doesn't code switch, exactly, exactly. Yeah, this this reminds me of like. All the um, work that uh, Sam did for that Black Sense panel. And yeah. this is like so small and kind of petty, but I'm going to say it anyway that I watched that like Red Table with um, those like black folks who were exploring polyamory. And I was just like, <laughs> why isn't Sam at this Red Table? You know, yeah. I'm just like, yeah. and it's, and, and it, I knew I was reacting to like, 
these are black girls, but they don't sound like me. I cannot like relate. They and I, I just there's this. I don't, I don't know how else to put it, but like there's this sense of safety that I just don't feel right. Like right, like right. Mm, they're saying like polyamory is not just for white people, guys. Yeah, like, it's like, well, why you sound like why that? Why you sound like that? <laughs> and I say that as somebody. Who tends to sound like that? You know, I'm not saying that. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to put myself outside of it. Yeah. You know, like, ugh. This is so funny because I was, I think I was trying to get at this in my article, Respect My Ratchet, um, when I was saying that, like, the way I was raised is my mom was always like, like, you don't talk to them the way you talk to us, right? So yeah, it's like, yeah. the code switching is like what I was raised with but i i noticed that i i don't code switch as uh, yeah i've never <laughs> known you to code switch i don't because i because i fail i just even when i'm trying to do it i still sound like i sound like Medea code switching you know like hello uh yes mr white manner like <laughs> 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 It's still, it, it, it just, it's still, it's an epic fail. So, yeah, I was just like, okay, I'm not, this is not a skill I have. Um, and the last thing I'll say is that, is I understand, and like, I think the reason why this especially gets on my nerves is because I see all these people crying about this shit online. And I'm like, oh. it's, I understand that there's like shifts that have, like there are shifts that have happened in the culture. Because like. I'm always, I always see, like, black nerds. Like, there's all the stuff around, like, black nerds now. So much. And I'm like, so much. you have to let go that you were teased for liking anime 15 years ago. But you have, you to, have to move on. Yeah. You you have to get a life yeah. and move on from that. When the most popular rapper, you know, is a black girl from the South who's constantly talking about anime, you got to let it go. Like, and, I <laughs> and I understand, right? I can't, like, generalize my own experience, but... I, also, this is like shots fired, but I'm like, black people have always been into all kinds of shit. Always. So I'm like, I just don't. Like, I understand. Yeah, yeah you like too. Oh, why you listen to that? But I'm like, I mean, when you think about, I don't know. There's just like black people like have, because it's like I know the kinds of like music, like musical and cultural mm-hmm, tastes mm-hmm. that I have, and I'm like. I just and y'all know I'm old, so all my cultural references are old. And my friends, like I've got friends who are older, and it's like I'm in my apartment cleaning. I got friends over. I'm playing George Michael, and not and they and like the old school like '80s George Michael, and they singing along. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I just you just were not. I just don't believe that you were all like like black people, because because the, the other implication is that like working class. Like black people are just so uncultured that yes, anything that that, that that they just they just don't have any yep. sense of anything else, and that's yep. that is another thing that I don't. I just I just don't like there. So it's like okay, you might have experienced that, but there's so many other instances of like of like of something different. Because I even think yeah. about black mamas who be like, you know, so so you know, my baby's into so so. I don't understand what that is, but I'm gonna just go ahead and exactly. get it for him. Exactly. Like, like, you know what I mean? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like he into mm-hmm. them little such and such. I don't know, but I'm gonna get it. Because yep. I know. Mm-hmm. It's, so like this idea that like black people are just yeah, maybe the black people you are around, but like writ large and in the culture, I just don't like. We're not just like 
that if you're still like if you're I guess I'm thinking about our age group right like so if you're a yeah. 30 a 30 something who hasn't found other black people who are into the nerdy thing that's, that you're that, into thank you that's what I'm trying to say Montanique like, so please say that again and say it slow say it again <laughs> I'm just saying that if you're a 30 something who was teased for being into whatever thing that was considered what the fuck ever that not you black, thought was yeah right. exactly um, and you haven't found black people who are also into that thing by now. I think that are you even looking? Are you even looking? Yeah, because I'm. This is reminding me of my uncle Demo actually, because he was like, "Yeah, you know, you ain't the only black person who listened to Z100, and everybody who grew up in New York knows like Z100 is playing like you know, like well back then it was like the Britneys and the Christinas and the yeah. that's that's not where you're gonna go to hear." Like you know, Ashanti. That's exactly. <laughs> so he, yeah, he would say that. Like you ain't the only black person who listened to Z100. And Thank, oh, that's so right. Yeah. There it is, right there. Yep. It's like okay, you know, you listen to uh, Creedus Clearwater Revival. All right. And somebody was like, you know what, nigger? You were listening. <laughs> you were listening <laughs> uh, to what's that? Uh, what's that man's name? You're listening to the Doobie Brothers. I'm going to need your black card right now. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, get over yourself. I just I just can't. I just have no patience for yeah. this. I'm, I'm thinking about my cousin Paul right now. Because, like, we used to watch, like, Digimon and all yeah. those kind of things. And he's still really, like, he's way off into anime. And, like, yeah, I, I definitely know he was he was teased for, like, oh, that's some, yeah. you know, that was white. But now yeah. there's, like, whole communities Thank you. Black That's what I'm saying. That he's a part of that watch anime and like talk about this stuff. Just, and I'm like, if it's all these niggas was teased, then it couldn't have been. Uh, <laughs> then I'm like, y'all need to find each other in adulthood. Yeah, yeah. And stop crying on my social media feed. Oh about my it. gosh, Nikita. <laughs> all right, I'm done. I'm done. Anyway, really, check out their articles. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate this like word, Nikita, because it's just like reminding me. Of yeah, just like moments from childhood, and I think the point of learning all this stuff is to apply it and reauthor, yeah. reauthor our like stories of Thank you know you. whatever. Th- that's exactly so, yeah. That's exactly it. As soon as I got hip to this stuff, I was like, oh, I understand all that stuff now, mm-hmm. and I, like I can like I moved on from it. Yes, I'm just, not about to have my grown ass still crying about that or asking <laughs> to be in a support group. <laughs> All the shit that's happening to black people, and that's what you got to be a support group about. That I really want to read this book, Spoken Soul, because it's reminded yeah. me of like I f- I'm forgetting her name, but the black girl who is teaching black American sign language on oh, TikTok. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah, it's just reminded me of like when I did that semester in Spain, and you know met spanish folks who were not white and they were like oh you talk spanish like a white person and that made sense because who was my teacher who was your teacher a, a yeah. white spaniard so like, exactly of course um yeah so thanks nikita uh-huh do what i can <laughs> and fuck this that is... board of sixth grade teachers who disqualified me at the yeah. spelling bee <laughs> for saying aura look at her now <laughs> All right, I'm glad you appreciated that. It was good. That was good. This is this feels this is turning into a, a bit of a shots fired kind of episode. Nikita, we've been shots fired this whole year. 
<laughs> you right. Bang, bang. <laughs> I feel like it, it, we just one uh, episode away from somebody being like, let me tell you something about that Queer yeah. Rock podcast. I really can't believe we haven't been canceled yet. I know. You know it's coming. <laughs> we it's haven't coming. been in any kind of... Uh, Oh, don't even say that. Don't even wish it on us. Don't even finish that statement. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need to get some more. No, followers. I don't want to be involved in any of that. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Uh, we'll work hard and reach, broaden our uh, base and audiences the old-fashioned way. All right. We're going to move it on along now to our queer potpourri segment. Potpourri. Oh, you got a jingle for this. I just said one word. Anyway, and and you did like a little shimmy uh, snap situation. Money, I always shimmy for you. Whatever. And the Queer Potpourri is a segment where we just talk about everything that doesn't fit into our other segments. And today we want to talk about... The topic segment. Go ahead. We want to talk about career changes. That's right. Why you wanted to talk about career changes, Nikita? Why you want to talk about career changes? Because I feel like I made the wrong decision with my life and I hate my job. <laughs> How do you really feel, Mike? <laughs> you know, I was just holding back. Um, so I think I could be honest. <laughs> um, yeah. We were talking yeah. on the phone the other day and you said that. And I think that. I've got personal experience with changing jobs, uh, changing careers, what have you. And I think that, I feel like I especially wanted to talk about it given what you and I talked about on the phone. Because mm-hmm. I do feel like, um, I think there's a this idea of, like, I think it can feel too late to mm-hmm. do something new. Mm-hmm. And, um... I guess I I did like a drastic career change too. Yeah. So, yeah. um you went from what to what? Uh well, I'm still I'm still a bad bitch. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're talking about careers that you're actually paid for. Well, you That right. only fans is crickets, bitch. <laughs> It's like Montanique wakes up and says, how could I just suck the living life out of the living wind out of Nikita's sails? Not true. Anyway, so I was, so I was in school. I was in grad school, dropped out slash kicked out. Then I was a full-time organizer. And it's so funny though. It's so funny how things work. Cause that first year of grad school, I was like, holy fuck, am I miserable? I hate this. (laughs) What were you in grad school for? Nigga studies. Yeah. Nigga shit. Nigga shit. Nigga, nigga, nigga shit. Nigga, nigga shit. Yeah, so I was doing that. Also known as African-American studies or Pan-African studies. studies. Um, so. But from SU, your your diploma would have definitely said nigga shit. It would have said nigga shit, yeah. And in parentheses, it'll be like, cut the funding. <laughs> so that first year, I was like, oh, God, I desperately hate this. Mm-hmm. And I do not want to do this. And so. 
I didn't meet um, you your first year. I met uh, you. I was not. Yeah. yeah, and I was a disaster. You wouldn't have met me anyway because I just stayed at home hmm. and was a depressed bitch for most of the time. So I was real depressed. I was like, God damn it! And I had all these escapist fantasies. And I looked up at the local community college. I was like, I was like, I've always wanted to do a trade. And I was like, maybe now is the time I can do it. And I was in my early twenties, and I was like, You've been in school your whole life. I was like, You know, you don't know nothing about these trades, girl. You can't do this. And so I just pushed that dream away. I just kept floundering through grad school. Drowning, mm-hmm. and then I was, again got pushed out, kicked out of there, left, and I was uh, so. I would, I was a full time organizer. Uh, I learned a lot doing that, and then I had a friend, uh, and he was like, "I think I'm interested in the trades," and they had just moved here at the time, and he was older than me, and so then he was making a career change. And it's always so fun to this. I think it's so good to. Um, this is a little bit of advice if I could give it. If you could like talk to somebody or try to figure something out with somebody, I think that's really helpful because we mm-hmm. were trying to figure out. We tried to go to local programs because I was like, because once he was talking about that he wanted to do the trades, I was like, well, shit. I was like, what do I got to lose to try? Yeah. So I applied to. So up north, well, where I am. Uh, where we are. So, I mean, these uh, apprenticeships through unions are all over. And I was like, I ain't got no experience. And if you if you ever see these trades, it's like a whole bunch of like, not only is it like a lot of white dudes, but it's like, it's like families. It's like, unc- like I work with so many nephews, uncles, mm-hmm. father and sons, mm-hmm. grandpa. And I'm like, I'm like, there's no way my black gay woman, no experience ass is getting into none of this. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I I don't, there was a, I I can't even pinpoint the moment where I got serious about this, where I was like, I'm going to try it, right? I'm going to do everything I can on my part. Maybe I won't get in, but I can't say that I didn't try it. So I was like, I ain't got no experience. I don't know nothing about nothing. So I took classes for about a year and a half at a local community college just to get, to get Mm -hmm. uh, acquainted with like uh, basic tools. (laughs) You want thin ice? Watch it. (laughs) <laughs> two plus two equals you about to get hurt. So, um, and so I just went to the Department of Labor website because that's where you go to find out about the trades. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I knew I didn't want to be a carpenter, and then they've got like HVAC. Thank God I didn't go that route. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's certain trades I was like, I don't, I knew I did not want to do. Mm-hmm. And then mine came up, which is uh, like industrial mechanic, and I was like, hmm. And so the stuff, the sort of precision tools and stuff that I was learning that I learned how to use in those community classes I was like I like that shit so I was like where could I learn how to I'm like what job will allow me the opportunity to keep doing that kind of stuff so I applied and I and you had to take a basic math test it was like like how to find perimeter area how to read a tape measure like very very basic <laughs> and so I aced that oh you did watch it <laughs> It wasn't the highfalutin math you be into. Wasn't nobody doing uh, differential equations. <laughs> Calculus I just, seven. I just remember you studying for that math class. And we were at uh, recess. And I was working on something. 
and you was working oh. and you and you were stressed and what I was cra- just like oh it's my practice, god nigga. I had to take there was some class I had to take at that community college I that class almost made me quit I was like this is not in the cars for me but I pushed through I pushed through and so I was like because there was like an associate's no, it was like a certificate, like a mechanical mm-hmm. engineering technology. I was like, at least if I have that under my belt, then, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. something. So I applied. I took the test. There was like a little interview. And I was like, these people ain't. I'm like, they are never going to call me back. And so that was like two years later. So that was like two years ago. And then I get, it was in December. It was like the end of the year. And I get a call from one of the guys from the uni. He's like, hey, I know you applied it a while ago. Are you still interested? And I was like, uh, yeah, why not? And who that first year, I've had so much fun doing it. And that, that first year was hard because, like, you know, it's not just the fact that, um, like, there was a lot of, I was really, and, like, I was very honest with people. About the fact that I, I was like, I, I was like, I don't know. I was like, besides precision, like the precision tool stuff that I learned when I was in community college, I was like, I like know nothing. And I was very mm-hmm. honest up and upfront about that. And so some of it, I wouldn't use the word intimidating, but it felt like a challenge because it's not just that it's like, these are like farm boys who grew up fixing shit and mm-hmm. all. And I'm like, I remember on my first job, this guy was like, hand me a wrench. He wanted a combination wrench, and I passed it. I passed him an adjustable wrench. He's like, no, the other wrench, kid. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, this is not going to be good for me. <laughs> and you know what? I've, like, kept at it, and uh, I'm, like, three and a half years in. And I, I love what I do. I think it's something interesting and exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. Not, every, like, maybe not every single day, but more often than not, it's like, it's physical. I get to use my brain. And, like, yes, I, I work with, like, a whole bunch of um, white dudes. And so, yes, sometimes they talk, you know, wild. But I often, like, have a really good time with, like, people at work. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, they're, you know, they're awful in every single way that you would expect. But they're also full of some, like, really wonderful surprises. So, um, like, I was I was being, I thought I was going to k- get kicked out of work the other day. Because I was being real ridiculous just talking reckless i'm always posting on facebook with some little snippet of a conversation mm-hmm. like the other day my co-worker was like nikita i want to ask you he's like, i need some advice for my girlfriend i was working with two dudes one was like so one was like, i need advice and the other gave some just some awful advice and i was like you gonna <laughs> listen to this neanderthal or are you gonna listen to me a lesbian and he just sat there and he was like you've got a point there <laughs> so um, I feel, I feel real proud of myself for like doing something that I do too. In I so many ways, for so many different reasons, like because I was, um, I was like twenty nine when I started, and I went to we had to go to our international training center, and they say the average age of an apprentice is like I'm working with guys who are apprentices who are like in their thirties and forties, mm-hmm. and so it's like it's it's actually rare. To be like, you know, like a young cat straight out of high school, 18, 19. Hmm. Those are, that's, that's the way to do it, right? Because then you, you know, you work, excuse me, 30, 40 years and you got a sweet ass pension. But um, sometimes I wish I would have done it at 18, but I just feel like 
so one, I wouldn't have the student debt. But the reality is, I I feel like I joined at the right time because I also like I feel like I have a reputation at work as being somebody. I'm like laid back and I keep to myself a lot, you know. Even though like I do shoot the shit with my coworkers sometimes, but I do have a reputation as somebody who don't take shit. And I don't, I just I don't think I was that way at 18. Mm-hmm. So I feel like mm-hmm. I joined at the like personally like at the right time because like. Some people are like, oh, are you intimidated? I'm like, no, I'm not intimidated uh, by nobody. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I also know how to, like, speak up. Because that's yeah. another thing. Like, especially when you work with dudes, they want to, like, like they'll, like, take tools out of your hand or they think you can't do something. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or I'll be like, no, no, no. Show me how to do it. Don't do it for me. Because mm-hmm. I need to learn how to do this. So there's, like, all these ways of being, like, assertive that I feel like um, have, like, helped me a lot. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, I feel, it's not, it's something I've like, I feel like I've wanted to do actually for a long time when I think about it. Like my mm-hmm, grandpa, mm-hmm. Uh, Lord rest his soul, he was a Mason. And I remember I asked my mom when I was like, in that year after I graduated high school, that summer between I graduated and when I was about to start college, I was like, maybe I was like, I, I could go work with grandpa one summer. She's like, you don't need to be out there doing none of that. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I was like, I, and, like my, and like my grandpa used to like make stuff with us, like, like do like woodworking projects. So I'm, I've always been interested in it, but for a lot of like gendered reasons, yeah. I've like I've just never thought that I could do it. And like yeah. you know now I'm doing it. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, if I did, I like I was like I don't know if I can make this transition. I don't know if this is yes. a transition. Yeah, you know that makes sense. But it's like here I am. It's like it's a four year mm-hmm. apprenticeship, and I'm like three and a half years in, and I'm like, and it's so funny. That, like when I first started, I. I, so we travel, and so you don't like you don't work with the same people all the time, but you do see people pretty regularly. And it's so funny when like dudes who I work with my first year, they're like, "I'm glad to see you still in here, kid." And so, cause I, you know, I'm like an underdog, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I'm like proud of myself for mm-hmm. making the transition and like sticking it out, cause I do like it. Like yeah. if I didn't like it, then I think it would be different. But yeah. I can tell that you like it. Like you just yeah. you you have a very different energy, even than when you were doing um, paid organizing. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. That you actually bring me to another point. I think like something I realized that I that was important for me job wise that was hard with like the academy. And like pay, paid organizing is that I realized I needed a job that had set hours and that I didn't mm, that's it. have to do anything else. So it's like I work really long hours. It's like y'all know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like once once the day is done, the day is done. Yes. Like that yeah. just for how I am as a human, I, I really needed that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's hard to find jobs that pay well that don't require exactly. work outside exactly. of work. I saw this so tweet that, that was that like... That was just something I realized that was important for me. I, and I'm realizing that that's... I'm increasingly realizing that that's important for me, too. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize it before now. But, um, yeah. I I hold you as a possibility model. Thank you! I've been trying to tell you that. But go ahead. Well, because I just feel old. I feel like I'm too old. I'm too far in debt. I'm too um Martinique, I committed. have more student loan debt than you. <laughs> Little Miss, um, I went to college with a nerd scholarship. Okay. 
It wasn't called a nerd scholarship, okay? I'm sorry, it was a called geek, a full a ride. Geek. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but grad school, I mean, the grad school loans, I mean, those ain't nothing to uh to to look down your nose at. I'm not yeah, I'm not saying that that's not that's not a real thing. I'm not trying to poo-poo that, but and I want to be clear, I'm not somebody who's like, forget finances, live your dream. Y'all know I'm not that yeah, kind of bitch by any yeah. stretch, of the, stretch of the imagination. Um, but, I mean, I think the thing that is important is that I don't I don't believe, I do not believe in that. I do think it's important to try to prepare as much as possible. And I think even, mm-hmm. to, like, I spent probably about not just that year and a half of like taking them classes, but like I spent a lot of time researching because there's all different kinds of programs. Mm-hmm. But actually, to the student loan debt thing, there's like all these like quick. There would be like six months trade apprenticeships or not apprenticeships, but programs. But they would be like six thousand dollars, and you could do it with loans. And I was like, I, I'm not. That was one stipulation. I was like, I'm not going into any more debt for mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. And so you know the the apprenticeship motto is learn while you earn. And I was That's- like, oh, I shall. <laughs> That's kind of the thing for me, too, and the things that I think about. I'm like, I can't take out no more student loan debt. Like, I just yeah. can't do it. And um, I I would probably have to do some kind of, like, training or school for whatever. Yeah. Because everything requires it. Every, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. What would I what would I do? Like, how would I transition sure. to something else? Um, yeah. Like, even looking at, I was like, okay, I like to teach. Maybe I can teach a K through 12. You got to get a teaching certificate and you got to do all this shit. And I'm like, I teach, I teach like that's what I do. But it's like a whole different training to, to teach K through 12. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. I can't, I cannot go back to school. Yeah. I'm done. And that's the thing. That's the thing that you know about yourself. Yeah. And so I just feel really painted into a corner now. I just like, that's, that's how I felt. The only I looked at my, I was like mortified because I was looking at my resume and looking at everything that I had done. So I I had been in school and then the jobs I had worked, FedEx, Home Depot. I was like, and what else did I do? I did some like educational stuff when I was in school, but I'm like, I have no I'm like, the only thing I can do is run my mouth. And I'm like, there's, I can't get a job doing that. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, you have to figure out how to build some skills. And it's like, that's why it's like, I don't think you obviously make the decision alone. It's like, you got to like reach out to people Mm -hmm. and they can point you to who can help you get the skills, you know, that it is. They can help you get the skills that you need or figure out how somebody can pay Somebody else can pay for you to get the skills that you need. And I think about my life in like five to ten year increments. Because I love what I do. Absolutely. And I'm going to stay for five years because that's how you get vested into that pension. So I'm Mm going to stay for that. But I'm like, you know, maybe I'll um, do something else in ten years. I keep joking uh, with my boo. I was like, I don't want to take in no more student loan debt. But I'm like, maybe in another ten years I'll be ready to be a labor lawyer. She mm-hmm. said, I can't do that because that's too much debt. <laughs> yeah. Dream crusher. Find somebody else to pay for it. Um, exactly. So I don't even, I can't even, I think I'm just really tired right now, but I can't yeah. even imagine like what else I would do 
Um, yeah. I just know that uh, 54 a year for the amount of stress <laughs> that comes yeah. along with being an inch. And that's the thing with like academia too is like uh, I can't. I. There, I mean. I mean. I could make this. I could make what I make now doing a regular, regular job that did not require a PhD, and I would yeah, not have had yeah. the same loans and yeah, yeah. Uh, the stress that comes the along stress, with this kind yeah. of job, like the isolation that comes along with this kind of job. Like I'm not moving having to move out to bump. Yeah, yeah. Wherever. Yep. I'm like, I mean, thankfully, Tacoma is not like a bum fuck, but it kind of is because I don't know nobody here. Yeah. And, I, you know, it's like I don't have um, anybody's like couch I could go cry on here. Yeah. And so it does kind of feel like bum fuck, even though it's not. Yeah. And I'm, 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 I, I, I see no future for myself doing this and to be honest like i just need a break from the academy because yeah i'm tired yeah. of being the only one i'm tired of like sitting in spaces where i'm the only black person i'm the only queer yeah. person whatever um all of the work that comes along with being the only one from students you know and it's, yeah. it's not yeah. That's that's my favorite part of the job, right? Like that's the whole reason why I wanted to do it. But it it is a lot when you still have all the other requirements of being a faculty member in yeah. addition to the unpaid, you know, parts and and that. I mean, the thing about being the only one because it's like in so many instances I'm still the only one at my mm -hmm. job. But it's just different. Like yeah. Also, like nobody at my job is going to pretend like. It ain't nobody that's going to be pretending to be no. There's not going to be no diversity and inclusion. Exactly. And yeah. Nobody's going to pretend. And it's like. And nobody and, is trying to flatten the difference. Right. Like, Nikita, yeah, yeah. you're just like us. Or. Right. Like, <laughs> There's none yeah. of that. And I think yeah. the, the thing that I think I've realized the further and further away I've gotten, I've gotten away from the academy is that. There's nothing seductive about. The academy is seductive in all these ways where it's like, it kind of like makes you feel that like being like an academic is something that's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like it's like an esteemed status mm -hmm. sort of job. Or then like, I just can't stand like a lot of the nonsense and bullshit about the academy. And I like, I like a job where there's no pretense and like a lot mm -hmm. of bullshit that's couched. And social justice language. I have no patience for that. Oh my it's like I'm going to deal with different yeah. kinds of stuff at my job, but like nobody's pretending to be any exactly. kind of exactly whatever. And like yeah. that's not the expectation. It's yeah. like, and I can have. And it's like because of my organizing background, it's like I know how to have conversations with people. Right. Right. And there's certain people at my job, you know. There's and that's any job you just stay the fuck mm -hmm. away from because you're like mm -hmm. we're just not going to vibe. But then somebody says something like wild to me and it's, especially if, if it's somebody i have a rapport and a relationship with like yeah. i know how to have a conversation mm -hmm. with them about it and it's like and nobody's gonna couch anything and they're not gonna use any of the lingo it's like we can actually have like a real conversation right. Right. as like real people and i feel like that is a thing again the further away that i've gotten from the academy that mm -hmm. I, I have no excuse me, i have no patience for that and that, that is because it's like it there's workplace politics everywhere but they're not again they don't have that they're not couched in all of this 
academic and babble. They, they don't see that part. So I think there are very few people that are still like like true to like radical or critical criticality yeah, and exactly. in and in the academia, right? Like most people because the, the whole hustle of it is who's getting out the most publications, who's getting yep, out the most yep. talks or whatever. So, you know, it ain't the best. Um and the other thing about it, I don't want a job that seeps into my life. Like that's it. That's it. That, that's it. That my socializing becomes going to these conferences, and that's yes. the only time I see yes. my friends. Or and and you're only going. It's like you're going to the conference to see your friends, but you have to slap friends. together a paper anyway. Exactly. It's, it's that, like I just want to figure out a way to be yeah. able to go see the people I want to see. Exactly. It's like why can't I just hang out in Minneapolis with my homies? Yep. Oh, for a week <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the yep. year without yep. without having to um, the ontological and hauntology right. of the right. epistemological exactly. praxis of I'm like fuck this I just want to go to Minneapolis <laughs> thank you that's exactly that's exactly how you I know what my next paper proposal is going to be called I just want to go to wherever the conference is who, right. who all going to be there colon who, I just want right. to go exactly <laughs> That's that's the paper. <laughs> and the paper is going to be an analysis of papers submitted just to get funding from universities to go see your friends. Yeah. And the uh, conclusion will be who all going to be. be. <laughs> yeah, so that part and the like yeah, the really the, all the tentacled ways that academics use like like familiar or friendship words or yeah like this family thing to like just it's community see, it's like no yeah. it's like i want to go to this work this is my job do what i gotta right. do and come home right you are my co-worker i do not yeah. like we are not friends we don't gotta hang you out are not, we don't exactly, gotta hang out exactly Exactly. And you the way you get taken up in academic spaces is like being a, a bitch or prickly or Yeah shit. You don't get promoted. You don't get renewed. You're you're yeah. not the, the whatever because you don't play into this like I I remember when I was in grad school, one of the cause I guess they used to have a meeting about the grad students and they said that like one of the main like criticisms of me was that I did not quote unquote participate in the life of the department. I'm like, yeah. why why I got to do that? Yep. You know that I just one, need to that was one I of the I need to turn that, in my papers and exactly. go home. That's how I, I contribute to the life of the department. That's that was one of the things that my um my old my very first advisor at SU said about me too is that that I wasn't uh participation participating in like the social components of um of being a, a doctoral student in it's that like, program because i don't fucking want to i don't, don't want to do that because i don't want to and and the reality is y'all don't want me to either thank you, don't, you. thank you <laughs> you don't you, want, you don't want my black loud gay ass at exactly. any event y'all are having exactly and yeah when i think about being a therapist i i just have not for any stretch of time been a therapist while also not teaching or doing some kind of other thing so they just feel so interconnected to me that i'm just like i don't want both of them yeah i wonder how do you think you would feel if you just solely did therapy well we gonna see yeah because that's i mean there's like still like emotional stuff that you take home but it's like and yeah you gotta do notes but it's like 
It's a very different process. It's a different, yeah, 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 yeah. We gonna see, cause I'm, I, I, you know, in hindsight, I think about how much of a true universal sign it was that, cause I was interviewing for tenure track positions, you know, had yeah. I got an interview, I had a campus interview, but then COVID happened, and I, I got this visiting position, and I just think yeah. about how thankful I am. Yeah. That I only committed to a year because yeah, I am fucking done. I'm done. done. <laughs> Funito. It's over. I can't even. I'm so thankful to past me because I'm just like, I can't even imagine having walked into a tenure track where it's like you do this. It, like, if, you know, essentially this could be it, your last job yeah, forever. Yeah. That would feel so claustrophobic to me right now. Yeah, absolutely. So the fact that I can see the end of the tunnel <laughs> of yeah. of the of the academy coming, um, and I think this whole time, you know, this year I've been like, oh my gosh, like I really want to publish all this stuff that I spent the last five years writing. I really want to like put my research out there. What? fucking time do i have to do that with the demands of this job exactly it's like in real life i would actually be able to publish if i just was a therapist yeah and not not some academician so exactly but honestly you spend most of your time in meetings anyway i spend most of my time (laughs) in meetings anyway you sound mad about that. <laughs> we have meta meetings. We have meetings about meetings. Yeah. I just wish somebody would pay me to talk about <laughs> rocks. Like, I just wish somebody would pay me to talk about crystals. Yeah. You know, you brought up that maybe a future career for me could be... Music reviewing. You know, music reviewing. I would you're, love you're it. You're a phenomenal writer, too. <laughs> oh, thanks, I, I wish Peter. I wish you could write more. So, Not even for any kind of, like... I just like I, I know. even outside yeah. of career wise, I mm-hmm. just know I know that you like it and you enjoy it and you're like exceptionally good at it. So I like I, I want that for you to have more space and time to do that. I really wish I could write more because that's really what all the job shit is about, right? It's like because mm-hmm. that's another thing for me. I'm like I just want space and time to be able to do things, do things that I want to be doing. Yeah. Yes, yes. So. I would love to hear from anybody, uh, any of our listeners. Like, have you made what feels change. like like a career change, like a like a massive career change, or mm-hmm. are you thinking about it in the process of it? I, I would really love to hear from others about this, yeah. or if anybody has tips on how to not pay back student loans because. I yeah. feel like I'm at the point right now. I've, I've been making all these like major life decisions based on being so deep in debt because of student loans. So I'm like, oh, do, like even our last episode, I'm like, do I have kids? Because shit, student loans. Yeah. Can I buy a house? Because shit, student loans. Right. Um, can I change jobs? Because student loans. But I'm like, right. you know what? <laughs> Fuck them loans. I, <laughs> I, will. I only have one chance. To live this iteration of life. And That's true. I'm not going to spend it with migraines and nauseous and yep. Yep. all the other That's not sicknesses. life. That's not living. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not. I feel like f- from Tuesday to Friday, I don't really sleep yep. every week. Yep. And that's yep. just not okay. 
Yeah. So you can't live like that. If you have made it out of the academy, please share with me <laughs> how. And um, if you've just changed careers, like Nikita did a really drastic change from the academy to the trades. Um, yeah, if you've if you've gone from one place and landed in another, please help. Am I too old? No, you're not. Okay, we'll see. Somebody, I know a while ago, somebody was on Twitter asking people if they left the academy. And of course, they got like tens of thousands of t- responses and retweets and likes. And they were supposed to start a podcast from it. I don't know if that ever happened. Oh I'm going to try gosh. to look into that. Please, yes. Yeah. All right. You want to move it on along to Curved, Curved, Curved Chronicles. What's yes. Curved Chronicles, money? You can go ahead. You introed it. All right. So Curved Chronicles is the segment where we talk about our dating woes and wins, or we share a dating woe and win from you all. That's right. It's just all things dating segment. All things dating. Uh, we had a submitted a submission chronicle. Yeah, and then maybe we'll. You want to take turns reading it, or you want me to read it? You got it. Oh God damn it! How do I? I'm gonna work this goddamn thing. Oh. Okay, yeah. I can just read it. It's fine. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So we got a submission from Nikita would like for us to call this person Veretta. Veretta. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) So Veretta writes, they're going to give us a little curved chronicle. Thanks, Veretta. Okay, it's a lot of backstory, but I'm wholly grown, but don't really know how to date. Like, wholly, like fully. Um. I got with my ex at like 22, and now 10 years later, I'm divorced without much dating experience. Okay, so that's the backstory. I tried the apps, just Tinder, but will always get overwhelmed after a couple weeks and delete it. I think I just get fatigued talking to strangers and doing the get to know you shit. Last summer, I got hinge, and then in parentheses, cute. <laughs> And I went on three different distance dates. I explained to each one that I don't really live in the area full time. So probably not seeking a forever thing, but companionship and maybe more. Two out of three were good. And I just accidentally ghosted them. One guy seemed a little full of himself, but seemed cool enough and a bunch in common. He brought wine, blankets, and we sat on some rocks. He made it weird when he walked me home and I gave him a COVID arm bump and he responded, what? That's it? He sent his number in the app and I never followed up. The girl was cute. She drove in from the burbs. We sat on separate blankets and talked for hours. But when we were leaving, she complimented me and I babbled out a compliment back and maybe said more stuff before I awkwardly slinked back to the car. It felt like we could be good friends, but she was just reiterating that this was a date in pursuit of something more. I was going to message her to make sure she got home and tell her that I had a good time, but I forgot and she messaged first. I felt super awkward and didn't know what to say, so I didn't respond. Then too much time had passed, hence accidental ghosting. A bunch of questions, but mostly, how fucked up would it be if I reached out now? I'm back in town to get jabbed 
and I want to be a whole ho this summer. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> Do I need to let them go and try to meet new people? Also, I'm realizing that I'm probably demisexual, so I can do casual dating, but I don't enjoy sex with strangers. So I really feel like I need to start building my summer team now. Get that roster going. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um. So what do you? What do you? Okay. Accidental ghosting. Have you ever accidentally ghosted? Any advice for accidentally ghosting? Uh, I I feel like I have probably accidentally ghosted, and this person, Veretta, I could be wrong, Veretta. <laughs> I feel like they sound, and I say as somebody who is, they sound a little neurotic. Yes, that's what the first so, thing I was gonna say. It's like you're overthinking a lot. Yeah. Because I'm like, you didn't know what to say back. I'm like, you said you had a good time. So you just be like, oh, cool. I had a good time, too. Would like to hang out again. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like, let me try to go back through this. Because I'm not sure. I think, so at the end of the message, they say, uh, you know, I can do casual dating. Um, don't enjoy sex with strangers. So I think my question for Veretta is what is it? Sounds like Veretta is looking for something more casual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I'm not sure. Like, when they talk about reaching back out to this person, uh, the one that they awkwardly slinked back to the car to, the. I don't know the purpose of reaching. I mean, I think there's you could reach back out just to be polite. But it's that person was in pursuit of something more, and more. it doesn't sound like Veretta yeah. is wants the same thing. So I don't. Yeah. Again, I think I think it would be a polite, a kind, and a decent human thing to do to be like, "Hey, I mean, I guess it depends on how much time has passed too." Because if, if this was last summer, I say just let it rock. Let like, it, you let, let it go. Let go. Yeah. yeah. Um, if it's more than like a few weeks, I just, would just yeah. Sadly, I would just let it go, and um. And this could be me projecting, but that dude that's like, what's that? What? That's it? That really annoyed me. So I'm I would have like, let that go right there, too. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, it's COVID. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do you think you're it's entitled COVID, to? I just met you, and all yeah. you did was walk me home. Like, that's... Yeah, so... Yeah. But I think... I, I can't. Do they say that they were like upfront with people about what they were wanting? Yeah, they were like, I'm. You know, I don't live here full time, so I'm just yeah. looking for something. Yeah, I think you have to stay okay. with that energy. Yeah, it it sounds like maybe you get a little. Um, and Nikita says neurotic. I say overthinker. You know, yeah, whatever, uh, whatever feels more uh, appropriate for you. Um, when you have these dates with folks that go well. Um, maybe out of assuming that they are expecting more, it's because you had these interactions of people expecting more. Yeah, but that's just a good point. just re reassert what you're looking for. You want something casual. You're trying to be a whole hoe this summer. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just I think as long as you're putting it out there that you are not looking for a like a hookup or like sex with strangers. That's not how you you know. Are navigating the apps, 
Um, I think you can start to think less about how you respond because you want it to be casual. I think another thing is, so I'm guessing they're in their 30s. Mm-hmm. 30s. Because they said that they got with their ex at 22, 10 years later. So, I mean, I think this goes for any age, but especially, like, the older you get. I think my advice, and the way I, the way I have tried in the short time that I did date, which was, uh, what, last summer? <laughs> um... I'm I'm a neurotic person, but I feel like I was actually not that neurotic, not too neurotic when it came to dating, because the only way that I know how to do it, the only way that I know how to be and interact with people more broadly is to just be honest. So it's like, I'm not necessarily thinking of like the cute thing to say or trying, like I, I mean, I'm not like unhinged or anything, but I just gotta put my cards out there. Like, mm-hmm. if I had a good time with somebody, I'm gonna say that I had a good time, mm-hmm. right? If I want more, then I'm gonna say that I want more. If I want to see you again, then I'm gonna say I wanted to see you again. Mm-hmm. Or if it didn't, if it doesn't work out, then I'll be like, "Hey, had a really good time." Um, don't don't know if a romantic thing is gonna be the thing mm-hmm. between us. And I know when I got with my girlfriend, like I had been talking to somebody and I even texted them. I was like, hey, just want to let you know. I know that we've been talking, but, you know, I want to like I should let you know that I'm partnered now. Mm-hmm. And like they, they, they had sent a message before. I didn't just like randomly text them that mm-hmm. out of the blue. But I, I just feel like the overthinking comes from because like everybody's trying to be coy and cool and appear that they're not interested. Yeah. That's like the whole shtick yep. around dating. Mm-hmm. And like, I am personally just not into that. So I like, mm-hmm. and like, even with my boo now, I just like, we just kind of like put it all out there. I was like, um, so that's just like the only way that I know how to be. I'm not saying you got to be like, like, here's the, tr- the deep, a seated trauma I experienced <laughs> at summer camp. But like, I, <laughs> like, I do feel like, it's just to be like, hey, like I think it's important to be honest uh, with how you're feeling mm-hmm. and being clear and honest and direct in how you communicate. Because I feel like either they're going to respond in kind, or if they don't, then that's not a person you need to be wasting your exactly. time with. Yeah, for whatever kind of it or whatever whatever kind of relationship you're trying to have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's my way around the overthinking. As somebody who's like deeply neurotic, I'm just going to be like, hey. Mm-hmm. And even when I would send like initial messages, it doesn't seem like this person struggles with that. But I'd be like, "Hey, I love what you put in your profile. Yeah. I would love to talk that's, more." Yeah. Like, I'm that's, just I don't yeah. know. I don't that's have time to be. My, mm-hmm. That's usually my first games. message. Something yeah. they wrote in their profile that I liked, and I commented yeah. on it. Um, and if their profile's not filled out, I don't waste my time because don't even if, waste your time. Yeah, yeah, if you didn't even if you didn't even write a profile you're definitely not gonna write me a response so (laughs) um yeah and i even think what they said in their last bit the last part of their message i think you can even say figure out when like in the course of like talking to somebody when you know to say hey you know i'm into casual excuse me i'm looking for something casual or it's like not you know not really looking for like hookups with strangers. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't know all that stuff. To me, you just got to be upfront about that yeah. shit. Mhm, mhm, yeah, yeah. So, 
Everything you said to us is what you should have said to them. <laughs> there, but like, there's no, I, I wonder what the difference is. And even as I say it, I'm like, there's no expectation of an outcome when you're sending us the Curve Chronicle. So maybe yeah. think about it like that. Like, that's, if, ooh, that's a good tip. If I was writing this like a Curve Chronicle or if I was responding, if I was texting my friend about this I was date, about to say texting yeah, a, yeah, a what friend. Would I, what would I say about it? And that could be a response to the person because then you're not like hung up on what their reaction or the outcome is going to be. You're just, yeah, being authentic like Nikita was talking about. Um, and yeah. I would even say, it's a, I mean, because you're like... Cause, what did you? I don't know what you felt awkward about, and like that's like that's a way to be cute and be honest that to be like, she, yeah, hey, that she you like, I had first. a good time. Mm. It's like I, you know, hope you got home safe. Had a good time. Sorry, I was a little awkward, winky face, yeah. smiley face, like. Mm-hmm. Or hey, I was I, a little so awkward. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what she felt awkward about, what they felt awkward about, is that the other person um, text first. Oh. And that that's okay. You know, yeah. people people have different this is the thing about dating in 2021. Everybody thinks everything is instant. Yep. And it's not. Yep. People have different processing times, people have different reaction and response and reply times, different um, commitments. Com- people yeah, are busy. Exactly. So the fact that they text you first, okay. You could just, you know, respond like, oh, I meant to sit- make sure you got home safe. Glad you got home yep. safe. Yeah. Sorry I awkwardly walked back to my car, but I had a great time. Still you had know? a great like, time. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would just say, like, I think, <laughs> I think um, flirting between uh, women is just awkward in a moment. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> anyway, it's like you really trying to figure out like is this is this flirting or are we like going to be friends from here Pals, yeah yeah um yeah it felt it felt like you got more of a, a good friend vibe nothing wrong with yeah. that yeah so uh Veretta is back on hinge so look at <laughs> uh look out in these hinge streets I don't, yeah. I've never used Hinge. Um, I had it for like five minutes and I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. I need to get off. I, the only one I still have is her. And I don't know. That get was the no main one that on I was her, using. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I still keep it for like, because they do like these events that are kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. But as far as meeting somebody, it's a wash. Um, it's just like Meredith, Ashley. Alice, oh my God. get the fuck off my L-E-I-G-H Lee. <laughs> no, nah, we good. Um, yeah, and I don't. I mean, I yeah. The apps, I get very discouraged because I'm like, you, um, boring people with dog ear filters are not. Matching with moi. Coming for the filters. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, I think filters are really cute in in specific contexts. I just don't understand why you have seven. They don't need to be on a a dating profile. You have seven photos on your dating profile. All of them, you have different animal ears. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense to me. But 
yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, I'll be, you know, strolling through the mean streets one day and somebody will make eye contact with me and realize that I'm smiling under my mask and ask me out. Smizing? Because <laughs> yeah. it's all in the eyes now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you got any Curve Chronicles? What's not a Curve Chronicle is the real question. Um, you know... I think I'm, I was like kind of being ridiculous the other day about this straight girl. I'm, I think I talked about this in Curve Chronicles before, but it's like, unless someone is like, I cannot do uh, like not out folks. In, yeah, yeah. Like at this point in my gay sure. journey. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. It, even and if. You know, we understand it's dip, like not to, but I think it's, it, yeah, it's hard to form like a committed loving relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Under those circumstances. Right. Yeah. I'm not talking about you need to be the grand marshal of the pride parade, but like, <laughs> right. You know, you if you're not at least naming to yourself that you're attracted to like women, then I yeah. don't need to be like. Yeah. Flirting with you. Like, that's yeah, not... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've been feeling ways about that lately. And then I'm trying to figure out what this thing is that I have with Tauruses that I really would like to work through. So, I, I booked, like, a reading with an astrologer, and we're going to get to the root of it. <laughs> oh, God. I can't wait to hear about that. Because it's... it's um, yeah. So... You know, hopefully I will close the the Taurus loop in my life. Um, And something, you know, this is not specific, but it's annoying and it fucking irked me that there was this person that I was like in an entanglement with for a while who like blocked me when I finally had like boundaries and was like, you don't know what you want from me. So I think that's that's all the information I need to like not yeah, keep doing yeah. this. I'm not gonna do this anymore. And so we haven't talked in like over a year. And yeah. then they just like spammed my Instagram, you know, yeah. like going through liking stuff. Which really annoyed me. It it annoyed me so much, Nikita. Like I'm still mad about it. Yeah, because the adult thing to do would be able to would be to pick up the phone and be like, hey, I've been thinking about you. I'm sorry for how I acted. I would like to be in communication, but I understand if you don't. But instead of doing that, I'm just going to like 30 of your Instagram pictures and hope that you pick up the phone and call me because I'm too much of a coward and uh, a dirtbag to do the do right people, adult thing. Do people like really do that? And and even in not this situation, right? Because like this is annoying because of that right it's just a continuation of i'm not gonna tell you how i feel i'm not gonna name and say like an actual adult would i'm gonna yeah. just do this stuff and that it's way like, it's like the child playground stuff it's like yeah hey i'm not gonna tell you i like you but i'm gonna uh push you off the swing and it's yeah. like that's not that's not how we do this exactly. it's not okay when you're five and that's not okay when you're 35 it's not okay when you're five and it's not okay when you're 35 and yeah, so I think that part of it annoyed me because of, like, the history there. Like, that this is just a continuation of you doing the same stuff you are, you were doing when we were talking. 
But the other part of it that annoyed me is just like people in in the age of apps like think that this is flirting and to me yeah. it's not. Right? Yeah. Like Instagram is quite literally designed for you to like my pictures. Like that's yeah. the purpose of the platform. There's no distinguishing there's, between the likes. There's no there's no like Oh, this person liked my picture, so that must mean they they want to get with me. No, you like them and one hundred and thirty eight other people. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So it's like, what kind of narcissist would think that everybody who's liking their pictures wants to fuck them? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure they're out there. (laughs) I'm positive that they're out there. But I'm just like, you know. Yeah, especially my social... You know, I don't have, like, no gigantic-ass following. So, everybody who likes and interacts with my stuff are my people, you know? So, it's like, how how are you thinking that you liking a bunch of my photos is going to register to me as, like... Something. Something. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh, you just came to something my Something worth like, my time and attention, exactly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, same thing with like Twitter, like liking a whole bunch of tweets. It's just like, oh, you just yeah. found my page and you just liked yeah. a bunch of stuff. You went or, through my timeline. You sure. went through my timeline. Yeah. That's not like I am so interested in your brain and the way you yeah. tweet in yeah. this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, like I just said to Veretta, message me and say that. Yeah. 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 I don't. Yeah. Interaction doesn't. Uh, doesn't equal like interest to me yeah so touche touche so i i mean in the same way non-interaction doesn't equal like uh rejection rejection to me yeah it's like okay if i comment on your picture and be like damn girl okay and you don't respond it's like yeah because you know you got other stuff to do. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like, you know, you shooting me down or whatever, but. Right. Uh, so, I don't know. Okay, this is my last thing with Curve Chronicles, I promise. Because <laughs> I feel like, I, you know, Nikita's my friend, so I talk to her about everything. But I be watching Diamond's um, lives on on YouTube. And I love them, first of all. I feel like the chat be like a community space and you know diamond is is um everything diamond is so they're always amazing but the last one she was talking about like how she feels like she's in this place where it's like it's really gonna be hard for somebody to like catch my attention to be in like a relationship yeah. right because yeah. i'm like uh like my peace like you have to you have to contribute to my peace and that's not how you phrased it earlier. <laughs> that is how I phrased it. You took you it said, in a different way. You said contribute to my peace. You said I can't have nobody disturbing my peace. That's what you said. Okay. Same After you thing. said that they needed to be able to cook and clean. <laughs> I did not say that. Work around your life. Nikita, I did not say that. What you Montanique not going to do? Wants, Montanique wants a biblical helpmate, not a partner. That is a lie. That is a lie. And the truth is That's nowhere what, you in see, it. She gets, she gets on this mic and spews out black feminism, but Y'all, off mic. Who are you going to believe? Me or the femphobe? So... <laughs> First now, of all, don't you dare get that lie started. I don't think it's anything wrong with I to find my complimentary angle out there. Okay, That's because not, I'm not. I'm not even gonna 
I, I'm not even going to repeat what you I said. I know my strengths. Off mic. I know my strengths, and cooking is not one of them. So, if I can wash the dishes with the best of them, why oh. can't you? Why can't because that's I not how you phrase it. Partner. So you're talking about reciprocity. That's you. There was nothing you said. Nary a word about you washing dishes. You didn't ask you just, me about reciprocity. You just said. You, you just me. said. I didn't ask you right now, and you offered that. You better know how to cook. That you is not what I said. That's, that's, that's how she was talking. I said I would like a partner who can cook. Cause and I know get out I of can. my way and not disturb my peace. That's what she's looking for, y'all. That's is that so, so if you hard wanna, to ask. So if money wants to doormat, then <laughs> tell her to go to tell her you, to go to Marshalls. There are people who enjoy cooking, Nikita. Like that yeah. does not make them a doormat. It was the other things that you said that I wouldn't dare repeat on the mic. <laughs> I didn't say <laughs> anything. Else. See, see, see how she. Okay. I think. Oh, all right, girl. <laughs> I know my strengths. That's what I'm saying. I like. I know what I contribute to okay, relationships, girl. and delicious uh-huh. meals is not one of the things that I contribute to relationships. Unless you want some pancakes, because then. Oh we- <laughs> my lord. Because <laughs> then I okay. got you, boo. I can make all you right. the best pancakes you've ever had. But okay. And you know now I got the gluten free pancakes popping too. All right. Okay. You clean you if you clean the house, I'll take the trash out. You know, I know clean my the whole house, and you only take the trash out. That <laughs> no. is not a fair trade at all. No, Nikita, I'm like, you're a fuck boy, <laughs> Nikita. I just learned something new about you every time we record. Alizé, Do you think women should are, have fundamental basic rights? Here she go again with these women's rights, Nikita. <laughs> I'm, I didn't. I didn't mean to offend you with the notion that women are human beings that should have fundamental, basic human rights. I didn't realize that that would ruffle your patriarchal sensibilities. Here she, here she go. I mean, I took out the trash. What else I gotta do? I mean, Montanique, y'all. What I'm saying, Nikita is just like fumbling all my words. What I'm saying is like there are things. And, and this whole conversation assumes that I would be cohabitating with a partner, which in the foreseeable future, I don't know about that. Um, I'm saying that I know the things that I enjoy to do. And yeah. as far as like division of labor, and I yeah. will do those enthusiastically. Like what? <laughs> like... I love taking out the trash. What I take, I, I waste. Way too many there are other bags. chores that are yeah. necessary to run a household. I just you, so you want me to list every chore that I enjoy, Nikita. I'm saying you said you want her to clean the whole house. <laughs> that and you is take not out the what trash. I said. That is not there. I said You'll wash, wash said, a dish you and clean take out the, the trash. house. First of all, what we not gonna do? Okay. I have a Virgo stellium in my chart, so we're not going to act like my house just be straight up dirty ass filthy. When I clean, it's basically like vacuuming and dusting. (laughs) So, you know, I might have to hang some clothes up because, you know, my clothing is like my clothing collection is out of control. So laundry, dishes and vacuuming. Come on now. You're not going to do that? I'll do the vacuuming. And you know that laundry is a motherfucking lie, Monty. You not doing not a damn doing lick the laundry. of laundry. I know you're not. I'm not doing the laundry. I'm not doing wow. it. And my my next level up is either going to be 
finding like a drop-off service where they could do my laundry <laughs> or something. But this is what I mean by contributing to my piece. Maybe there's somebody who really likes doing laundry who would also really like me. Okay. And all I'm and, saying is... And servitude. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done roasting you. <laughs> I do it because I love you. <laughs> what happened, Nikita? You, and you act like you just around the house doing all the um the basic household chores. You don't do a damn thing. That's not true. I cleaned today, right before we recorded. Your own house. <laughs> yeah. And when I'm at my booze house, I I try to contribute. I try to contribute. Uh huh. I contribute. What what do you contribute? Boo, do I contribute to the household? Oh, see? That's a very fuckboy thing to do. Don't I contribute? What'd you say? I said whose household? Yours. When I'm there? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Con- contribute. What what kind of way are you contributing, Nikita? Exactly. No. <sighs> no. Anyway. We could kiki and laugh about this, but you know that I am a, a an egalitarian, equitable. Partner. You know, I thought you were, but given some of these horrific things you were saying, I mean, you <laughs> sound like an horrific. evangelical preacher. It's horrific. Women were to born. Say, what? It's horrific to say that you would like for your partner to be able to cook because no. you spend too much food eat, spend too much money on food eating yeah. out. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you are not a good cook. That's a terrible thing to say. But again, I just want people to go back. So the good thing about a podcast is that you could pause it and rewind. And you can say, you can go back to where money says she can clean the whole house and she'll take out the trash. I didn't say whole. I didn't you said say clean the house. That's, that's it. And you act like, again, you get on this mic and act like you don't know me. Like I'm going to sit there with my feet up. Uh, eating grapes while somebody cleans around me. You probably me. would. You probably would. You know you probably, I wouldn't. You would probably pelt them with gra- grapes and like get that dust bunny out of the corner now. <laughs> you know how I am. Because first of all, there's not too many of my things that I want people touching anyway. So I'll just oh, be God, like, you know, what? you know what? I'll you do just, it myself. I'll just do it myself. Damn, I'll just do it myself. You're a classic Virgo in that regard. <laughs> I'll just do it. Mm, never mind. You're not doing so, it right. That's exactly, exactly what would happen. Exactly. You know I say that. Actually, you have to, you like you have to run the vacuum at a forty-five degree angle. That's you, actually. You probably you know, actually you about to get on somebody's fucking nerves. You're joking, but um, I hate vacuum marks on a carpet. I think I it love looks, vacuum. Oh marks. my god, I, it's like a pet peeve. I cannot stand seeing vacuum marks. So, like after you vacuum, just like take the broom and just get the. Get the okay. marks out the carpet, so it looks like somebody actually lives here, and not that we live in like a model well, home. If you're a woman who is not hell bent on living with your partner, I think money is for you because that sounds. She like I'm vacuum. I'm not taking no goddamn broom to the carpet. That's that my chick. That's ridiculous. No, it's not. Okay, I just don't like the the marks. It just it's not inviting. It's there's nothing comforting about it. It's just I love it. I feel like it's a sign that it's a clean carpet. Hell no. I, mean, I don't like carpet no way, but whatever. Ooh. Wow. Well, somewhere out there, there's somebody who's like, I love, I love to cook. I, I hate do, vacuum lines too. I too hate <laughs> vacuum marks. <laughs> oh, aren't y'all just a match <coughs> made in heaven? 
They're probably an earth sign too. Oh my All right. God. Well, y'all, I think this is an episode because right it now is. me and Nikita are just like Kiki devolving de- into Kiki. Yeah. And All right, evolving. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, yeah, let y'all let us know what y'all thought of this episode using the hashtag QueerWOC on all things. You can hit me up at Better Than Money um, on Twitter. And I forget my Instagram name because I change it so much now. But MechMoneyJPG. Mac whatever. And <laughs> the uh, show Instagram and Twitter is at QueerWalkPod, P-O-D. This has been Money, the Moderna Malachite Mommy. And this has been Nikita, the Watermelon Woman. No Cheryl Dunye. <laughs> okay. And y'all just listen to Queer Rock the Podcast. Bye, y'all. <laughs>